0: I believe I have made a significant find at the Kandarian ruins, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturum De Montum, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons and demon resurrections and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. The first few pages warn that these enduring creatures may lie dormant, but are never truly dead. They may be recalled to act of life through the incantations presented in this book. It is through the recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to podcast the living. Is it possess? It is possess. Yeah, figured. Okay, okay, okay. Very good. Right?
1: What else were you going to do?
0: It's also, I mean, there are other things. I guess
1: you could do the weird words. The, 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 like well, the, I was thinking
0: that There's also the Linda singing Like we're going to podcast or, or you Or you could do the cards Yes That would be
1: fun actually Actually lots of great lines In The Evil Dead I take it back
0: There is But here's the thing That I uh, forgot uh, Watching this movie For the first time in a long time A movie I was very obsessed with When I was a teenager And just I, I Had not seen in so long The second half of this movie Is essentially silent film No talking Yeah then, It is wild How Dialogeless it becomes You know how long The
1: script was How long 14 pages. Yep. Sounds about right. That's how long the script for this film was. Sounds Sorry, about right. It's just a research bomb for you
0: there. I mean, it's also a thing where, like, I, I mean, we got... J.J. did some... Talk about an archaeologist going in and excavating the ruins and finding the Book of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, J.J. and Nick, our researchers, found a lot of stuff for this, but... Uh, this is one of those movies. This is such a canonical text of like modern cult cinema, right? Absolutely. And it's also one of these movies that is at the beginning of like every single person. Not th- not the very beginning, but is in the early stages Halloween is maybe an earlier example Near of this. No, go on. Every single person who worked on this movie kind of has an identity based in. I tell the stories about what it was like working on the Evil Dead. I right. I, I actually, and worse, this isn't an, maybe an
1: odd start to this episode, but yes, I, I was sort of commiserating with JJ because I was. I know this must be one of those things where there's so many. Half truths yes. and weird this legends is my exact point. about the making of this movie because this one guy is like, Yeah, I held the boom mic, I it was crazy, Chages, you know.
0: Very yeah. good at what he does. Well, and is he, very he's thorough,
1: he really worked to he was like, The Wikipedia page is shockingly inaccurate. it's like, insane, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But also, I was watching, I was digging into special features, and this is one of the most famously re released double, dipple quadruple, mm. quintuple dips, many discs, many right, yeah, scattered yeah, yeah. special features. I've now, I now think I own four different versions of this movie.
1: Right. This 85-minute right. micro-budget movie. Which I've yeah. been
0: stocking up on them recently trying to get more comprehensive special features for the sake of this episode. But within, like, one featurette on the same edition, three people will contradict each other. Right, right, right. So, you know, all this it was thing. a long time this movie, ago. Well, and it's like everything in, about it becomes urban legend. But it is one of those things where you're, like, 14 pages... I think it was supposed to be six weeks of filming. It became 12. It
1: became, yeah, it was, it was it 11 or
0: 12. Right. And it, the budget was ostensibly 150. And then depending on who you believe, it either went up to 350 or 500. Yeah, 375 is a number right. I
1: see. But but don't you think it's also, it's just like, and you're saying this, but I'm just like, yeah. it was a a weird trying shoot. Everyone was doing a million things. And yeah. like then 20 years on, you're kind of like, you just are gonna sort of inflate some of it in your mind. Of, of course, like, everyone lost their hearing, or like, right. I'm trying to think of some. That, that's not true, but you Absolutely. Know, like, uh, yes, uh, we were eating three-day-old sandwiches. We took out right. of a garbage can, you know, whatever. The, the, just the legend. of these There's so many shoots. stories like
0: that, and 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 that all the stories are based in like, in some ways. They were surprisingly professional, and the shoot was so much better organized than you would imagine right. for this. That kind this of movie. movie exists is uh, right. is miraculous. And they were right. just like I was watching interviews with the actresses where they were like, "It was surprising when we showed up to set that they had like scripts printed, they had the sides every day, they had proper contracts figured out." Like in some senses, they were very professional about things, and in other senses, it was total chaos and. There are people who worked on this movie who went on to have other careers. There are people who have sort of made their careers off of being involved in this movie. Uh, And everyone is constantly sharing these stories and going to conventions and doing retrospectives and interviews and oral histories. So there are just so many accounts of this film. Uh, A film called The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Which you got to give it credit right off the bat. Pretty fucking great title. Which is hilarious because they did not like the title. And it was like a pretty last minute. It was supposed to be the Book of the Dead for right? most of its life. But in that sort of like William Castle, like, you know, uh, uh, Roger Corman sort of school of like, what are three words you can put on a poster that like I can sell? There's, there's such a beautiful simplicity to The Evil Dead. I think oh, it's, it's such a good title. It's so such incredible. And not only is it like such a good title. But it also feels like a pretty good representation of what this movie is. Yeah. Like, there are obviously a lot of movies with possession and with demons and with like fucking spirits fucking with people and whatever. But I'm like, how would you describe the forces in the movie? And you're like, they're like evil dead. Pretty much. They're dead. They're evil. They're evil. They're dead. They're evil. And they kind
2: of just keep coming back.
0: But also the fact that it's called The Evil Dead. Like, right. there's not a villain in this movie. The villain is this force, right? Yeah. God, this movie is really good. It, it is really good. It seems like, you know, I mean, I don't know why I didn't know this, that you are deep on this movie or were at one point yeah, in your life. I Look, the second I started rewatching this last night, I was like... I think this was kind of my Halloween at the time. Mm -hmm. The way you talk Mm -hmm. about your relationship to Halloween, and I'd sort of forgotten it because I hadn't watched it in so long, but I think this trilogy really functioned that way for me, and mm -hmm. this movie perhaps was the first time that sort of primal horror film gripped me in that kind of way.
1: But it's got... It's got everything you like. It's well, got practical effects. Look, the later ones have got a lot of humor. That's why it's Evil got, Dead Two right, is right. like perfect. Well, that's like the... right, Pantheon movie for me because ah, it's. I it's mean, all I of love it. Evil Dead. Too. It's all of it. I mean, yeah, I love Evil Dead One. Yeah, I have only seen Army of Darkness once or twice. That one I
0: actually don't know that well, but yeah. uh,
1: but I, you know, I, I love the Evil Dead. I love it, but I'm not like you know,
0: I, it was it was not my. I Halloween, think I, guess, I yeah. rate Evil Dead Two so highly that in my memory. I was sort of like, and this was actually much like when we did our Cameron series. And it's like, I love Terminator 2. I saw Terminator 1 once. I think Terminator 1 is the good ground, you know, sort of building. Uh, And then watching Terminator 2 as a slightly more adult person, or Terminator 1 as a slightly more adult person. I'm like, oh, I appreciate the viciousness of this. Yeah, I think I watched Evil Dead 1, like I rented it from the video store knowing like, and now next week I get to watch Evil Dead 2. That's the one that everyone tells me rips but i was surprised by how much more gripped i was by evil dead 1 and how how much it sort of like burrowed into me but i haven't watched it in a long time look this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm it Griffin. is.
1: I'm David.
0: It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. All true. And this is uh, this is one of those ones, that, inevitable, right?
1: Since we started the show. We talk
0: about directors being inevitable and people go, they say so many people are inevitable. We'll never get to them. Campion and Raimi were two high ups on the inevitable list. Absolutely. And they were always our plan for the beginning of 2022. We flipped them because of Doctor Strange getting pushed back. But say his full name. Sam Raimi. I wonder if he's a Samuel. Samuel Raimi. Samuel M. Raimi. Samuel yeah. M. Raimi. Don't know and what the M stands I, I for. I believe the name of this miniseries is Podcast Me to Hell." I got no beef with it. I just think we should at least... Talk through the other options? Salute some fallen soldiers. Well, right. Look, I. I... Put a valiant effort behind no, didn't. Pod Me of Dark Cast. No, you didn't. You I didn't did. Put it, I wanted you it. You said it once. I, I did not when, say it once. I said it multiple no, times. And then when Ben protested that our suggestions
1: were not sweaty enough, you were like, I said Pod Me of Darkness. Like you dark already cast, mangled please, it. Like, show you, some respect. You, you, no, no, I'm saying you didn't even get it right. Well, it takes second. a couple times. <laughs> sure.
0: I'm sorry. That's a process. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You did throw out Pod Me of Dark Cast, right? Ben um, threw out one that was really good. Do you want to repeat it, Ben? Do you remember? Oh
2: yeah, absolutely. It was uh, Potterman Three cast. Uh yeah, really,
1: really good.
0: Uh, I remember it being Spider Pod Three Cast. I remember it being that.
1: Oh, that Spider sweater. Pod Man Three. I don't even know. Spider-Pod, three cast. The thing I remember distinctively is that... The thing I remember is that you put cast after
0: three, which yeah. there's nothing after three in a the Galaxy regular K. title. Right. right? I mean, yeah. you're changing three the is whole the sort end. of, like, right, <laughs> um, the calculus of how we come up with these titles. A,
1: I think I threw out a simple podcast. I threw it For Love of the Podcast. It'd for Pot funny. of the... For, for, for Pot of the Love for of the Cast. For Pot of the Cast. Yeah, you Drag know Drag Me to
0: Hell is just such a, a Hall of Fame title. It truly is, I think. Like just as a title yeah. of a film. Yeah. I right. Agree. So more than anything else, I kind of want to salute that title. Uh we talk about Evil Dead being a good title, and it, is. and it is. And obviously Evil Dead to Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn's an incredible subtitle. It is. But Drag Me to Hell was just like seeing that on a fucking poster, hearing the announcement, Sam Raimi's going back to horror. His movie's called Drag Me to Hell uh so excited podcast me to hell i'm sorry i, think I it's podcast forgot.
1: me to hell great that's what it's called it's okay. decided Put in a, yeah like stamp. The, right let's, some kind of a let's sound add in effect some stamp
0: sound effects ben i'm i'm taking a stamp i'm Got putting it. it on the ink pad
1: sure anyway i've been looking for ages about whatever this movie was even possi- searching in the kandarian yeah could yeah exactly
2: well you know uh Guys, uh, yes. I mean, we shouldn't spend too much time on this, but I,
0: I did find this old tape player in the woods recently. Ben was going through uh, the boneyard, also known as the Hausoleum. Or no, this is this is your childhood home in Jersey, where the genes were buried.
2: Yeah, well, I yeah, I mean, I was I, I happened upon some woods and I found uh, an old tape player, okay. and I thought maybe uh, we could just quickly. I don't know, play it on the pod?
0: Is that, Look, is that a I, wild I idea? I don't love sidebars on this podcast. I like to say focus on the movie at hand, and I don't see how this has anything to do with the film we're talking about today. But yes, I will allow it briefly if you want to play this tape. Okay, here here I am. Okay, I've got the tape. I oh, play. Jesus. Okay, wait. So it's not even a file on your computer. This is a reel-to-reel. You've- yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. I'll just get the tape queued up here on the player and play. Okay, that doesn't um sound like English.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: I'm hearing some
0: buzzing right now, sort of a
1: head crushing feeling.
0: Like a yeah. truck is driving
1: through the room. A little bit, a little bit of that.
2: Okay. Good vibes. I'm- I'm sort of wondering if that wasn't a good idea, actually. I don't know. I feel great. Uh,
0: you guys always have eyes that are bleeding black
1: mud, right?
0: Yeah, that's, so that's it. We're just, we're done with that sidebar, and we can move on with the rest of our episode, right? Yeah, I mean, course. I I think there's no reason we need to acknowledge this ever again. I don't think it will come back to haunt us. <laughs> <laughs> um but but this is this is one of those incredibly famous debut film stories in so many ways right absolutely it's it's it, this is the the kind of legend so
1: like you say some people hear the Spielberg legend of mm-hmm. like that kid just kind of conned his way onto a back lot right and sat in an empty office and started taking meetings so yes like, you know uh with with ray, it's like, yeah, him and his friends went in the woods. And they made like one of the most iconic movies, horror movies ever.
0: Like, I think that's so much of the the. I can do that. The legendary status of the movie, yes, is that is the like they just did it.
1: Yeah, it's just they just said in let's make woods. a movie.
0: Yeah. Who do I have? What do we have at our disposal? And then one of the special features I was watching that was, I think from two thousand six. That was like a lot of people involved with in the movie, but also Edgar Wright and Eli Roth and a lot of the sort of Shit. children of the Evil Dead. Right that class of filmmakers talk about this movie. Um, uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs, mm-hmm. horror film sort of historian, mm-hmm. was, was sort of saying like, I think he was the one who said this, that like you see so many of these types of movies where it's like a bunch of film loving kids got together in the woods with a shoestring budget and they figured something out. And he was like, this was the first time I'd seen one of these movies that didn't feel... Like, it was written to the limitations. Right, right. Because even to this day, yeah. I'll see a really good horror movie.
1: Yes. But you definitely, you have that thing in the back of your head saying, like, this person wrote a $1 million script. Right. And they wrote it in this genre because they knew it's a genre you can raise a million dollars. Right. You know, like, horror. You know, like, I don't think that's cynical. No. No, I don't have a problem. But like you Not do, you do sort of right. You're like right. This is set in a house, or right. This is right. You know, it's something like that.
0: Yeah. And like you know, uh, uh, Rob Tapper, uh, Rami's regular partner, producing partner, especially for these early films, uh, Renaissance films, mm-hmm. Renaissance pictures, um, was sort of saying that that it was like. Raimi was you know when he was starting out i mean he's obviously from this sort of super eight generation right and then as he's growing up is more seriously making films with his friends and everybody Mm -hmm. but that like horror was not the thing that he was developing that he was more into comedy and drama and that they had made the short film within the woods that got some traction and they immediately realized this thing that many if not most young filmmakers realize you can always sort of get a horror movie financed within a certain budget. It's one of those things that is just endlessly sellable. Look, we got a lot of context that I want to give you. um, Then I'm
1: sure you have some for me as well. But
0: all of that to say, it is incredible when they sit down and there's this strategically minded, like, we're writing a movie that we know can get made and that we know we can make within a limited budget. It's our friends. They're in a cabin in the woods. It's contained all this sort of shit that then this film is loaded with so many fucking ideas. Sure, that's true. Too, yeah, almost too many. Yeah, absolutely. Right, not that's that I mind. The weird contradictory nature to this movie is, like, he just went off and did it. But also, what he did is insane mm. and feels like is not Desperado, you know? No, right. Or you know, yeah, or El Mariachi, I'm sorry. El, yes. El, El yeah. Mariachi. I'm trying to, that's another one. Like that. The, it's not the Blair Witch Project. It's not... Blair Witch Project.
1: But forget the Blair Witch Project, of course, because they don't... It's not Slacker... Slacker. Clerks. I mean, all these Clerks? obvious. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. 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 Yeah. The, my, me and my friends just made this. Right. Right. With El Mariachi, you have the. He likes, you know, sold his blood. Yes. Or, you know, like they, they'll get the lore of like, right. oh, you know, he, his dentist
0: gave him 10 grand, you know, yeah. I, whatever. We're going to talk about it with this man. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead. Sam Raimi, Podcast Me to Hell.
1: We're doing it. Look, the man is, as Griffin said, an obvious candidate for our miniseries, mm-hmm. always has been. Mm-hmm. He's got a new film coming out, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't know what that's about. His first
0: in nine years, eight His years? His first
1: film in nine years. Sucks. I suppose it was originally going to be eight, but, uh, uh, sure. but then there was a pandemic. Yeah. Um, oh, and, the novel. Mm-hmm, yep. um, but let's wind it back because Sam Raimi, I mean... Well, this is the guarantor. Sure, I, want, I mean, like I he's to, had multiple guarantors, but is, like but this it is. is it. It's right? the rare
0: first film guarantor. I just yeah. want to wind it back one more second because I okay. don't think we properly introduced the person who took out the real real tape recorder. Because this is a guestless episode. Which I love means when
1: my when my co-host holds his phone up.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's a, a guestless, guestless episode, episode, which means uh, we have the time. <clears throat> his name is producer Ben. Hey, what's up? But he also goes by some other names. Purduer Ben, the Ben Ducer, the Poet Laureate, the Meat Lover, the Tiebreaker, the Fart Detective, our finest film critic, the Peeper, Birthday Benny, Hello Fennel, not Professor Crispy, the Fuckmaster, no. Dirt Bike Benny, White Hot Benny, Soak and Wet Benny, the Haas, Mr. Positive, Mr. Haasive, close personal friend of Dan Lewis, the Voice of Reason, Santa Haas, the Commish, Wishful Ben, Hosleywood. He's also graduated to a series of different titles over the course of several miniseries, such as Producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben, Ben Night Shyamalan, Ben Say it, Say Bennything, dot, 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 Ailey Benz with a dollar sign, Warhawz, Purdue Bane, Ben 19, The Fennel Maker, Robohawz, Benglish, Mr. Okay. Ben Credible, Eat Drink Ben Hosley, okay. Beetle Vape Juice, The Hosley, Public Benemies, Hosco of the Ditch of the Jersey, Stop Making Benz with a Z, <laughs> Haas, Pig in the City, Ben Hosley Met Sally, dot, no, dot, no, no, dot, no, no, no. The Secret Life of Benz with a slow Z, down. The Great Mouse Fart Detect, The Hosbreak Kid, Benz in the Haws with two Zs, Ben Scape from <laughs> New Haas, and Bronco Benny. I just wanted you to slow
1: down for the last because I
0: don't know them as
1: well. But no, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, we don't him. need to. Yeah, yeah we're, I got it. Yeah.
0: Hosaka no of the ditch of No it was just so, so wait so wait so Carpenter is Benscape from New Haas. Yeah, Singleton I like I, is I want
1: I Ben's in another...
0: the... Look all these are up for
1: revision. Yeah, I want another swing at the Carpenter. We can do a lot better <laughs> We've than that. We maybe been getting yeah. a little lazy with the but, 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 band- but Bronco Benny? That's what Lawson oh, no, said, I know which I, think I was just want to because I feel like it Give was it a little moment in the sun. Bronco
0: Benny just feels like the best one. I, I, he, ben is mythical in a Bronco Henry type way.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: Bronco Benny. I can't I I agree. Mean, I'm, I'm, He's here with us today. I'm he here. here today.
2: I, I'm, I'm mythical. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this movie. A lot of chains in this movie. And so
0: you're saying that that, that real, real tape recorder, which include chanting in a language I didn't understand, you're yeah. saying that that was announcing a new miniseries that was just asserting what we already know that this is a new miniseries yeah okay yep. so it that's seems, normal seems and
2: that's totally normal and okay. whatever We're and nothing gonna, else will happen nothing else will happen no i don't yeah. think
1: so nothing yeah. will be awoken no nothing <laughs> will be awoken uh i
0: agree that this is not the only instance of this but this is a rare instance within our show where the first film is absolutely unequivocally a guarantor because yeah yeah uh and hmm. it, it, it has a bit of an odd journey to getting there because this movie has a very slow burn in terms but, of release. But nonetheless. Nonetheless, it's it is. the
1: calling card, it but is. it's also the, you know. And again, again, he has other, you know, like movies that sort of leap him further up the ladder or whatever, I guess. He, he graduates. kind of always different
0: levels. This, in a way. Um, I mean, I think there is an escalation with the three Ash movies. I think yeah. Simple Plan takes him to a different level, by his own admission, of just yeah. sort of like you've graduated to showing you're not a bag of tricks filmmaker. Yeah, and then Spider Man obviously takes him to another well, level, but Spider-Man. a level that's sort of I
1: guess my been heart, odd for in him. my yeah. head I'm like, why does he get Spider Man? But you know what? We'll get to that. We'll
0: get to it. But but here's the thing: like, just before we dig into the context of him, that is another reason he's fascinating. Is he is one of these guys, we were just sort of talking about this right before we recorded, who really became like a cult filmmaker in a modern way, Mm -hmm. not just in that his films had this big sort of cult following behind them, but that he was viewed as this like folk hero that everyone who worked on his movies, people memorize the names of, like, who the model makers are, you know? There's a little bit of that in Carpenter's career, certainly. There is. And we were saying, like, uh, uh, that Kevin Smith, someone who will never appear on this podcast, has that as well. You know, where there's, like, the stories about the film getting made, all of the collaborators, everyone involved in them becomes a Comic-Con sort of, like, no, no, yeah, perennial yeah, yeah. figure, all 100%. of that. And I also think Raimi is someone who benefits from the early days of uh, the internet, and comic book store culture where yeah, people but, were just like it's like the record store like you know who's really fucking cool is Sam Raimi um agree with all that but even before
1: the internet you know the fangorias and, yes. and you know all that like the the horror cult circuit yes. of the 80s and 90s. People feel kind personally of a of that. invested yes. yeah, in Yeah, they're, they're rooting for him in a and, way. And oh,
0: I know his brothers and how yeah, they collaborate and the Bruce life. relationship and Bruce is like the original king of the Comic-Con. Bruce, the, you know, and then like the car, his car's always right. in it. The, the fake shemp, the, the little like the, Raimi that lore. Yeah. That feels like he's at the beginning of a thing, if not the first, right? Mm-hmm. He's in the early days of a thing that's now become much more of a thing, which is like you watch an Edgar Wright movie looking out for the Cornetto rapper or whatever, you know? Right. You understand who his old friends are that he's bringing back. And like, uh, Raimi, that that builds around him in the early days. Yeah. And and has persisted. All right. Let's do I have things yeah. to say about yes. this. Open but up let's the dossier. Do, let's, okay. Look. And by the way, um, <clears throat> JJ and Nick usually send us a dossier as like a Google Drive link. But this time it is uh, a hard copy bound in Human flesh. Of course, and it's talking to me. Yeah, and I'm going to draw it for you.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I'm acting like I'm possessed. Yeah, it's very funny. It's a good performance. By Sam Raimi, born in Royal Oaks, Michigan. Mm-hmm. We all know it. Yep, we love it. We've all been no, Royal. Sorry, Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh yes, we all know it. We all love like it. a Detroit suburb. He's from yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Um, he's Jewish. Love Gotta it. Got to stand. Love it. Uh, his parents are. I think his mom owned a lingerie store like they're like local sh- shop owners. Is he Jewish and Italian? Jews, man. Just straight up Jews. Love Jews it. from Russian Hungary, conservative Jews, wow. you okay. know, conservative meaning the sort yeah, of, yeah. you know, the kind of Judaism they practice, yeah. not their politics. Um and like like you said you know like these movie brats he's a little eight millimeter kid They're he's like watching movies yes. like his dad's taking him to the right. cinema
0: he says fantastic voyage i think was one of the first yeah. ones for him like his older brother ivan becomes a doctor but writes a lot of the stuff with him mm-hmm. and then uh you have ted ramey his younger brother who's an actor who's in yes there's a third many brother others. who i will talk about as well um fourth brother you mean right well yeah, oh oh yeah. Third, brother. third brother of sam fourth boy yes. uh
1: yes um Likes movies, loves television. Mm-hmm. Uh, also crucial, I think, to
0: all these guys because you're watching
1: the reruns of old movies on TV, which is a new thing in the
0: '50s. And but you're also watching, like the big Saturday movie and all these. But right. also, he loves the Three Stooges, which he's Huge. obsessed with, Humongous. and is sort of a big influence Part on of his him. I heard, uh, I think
1: everyone on the Evil Dead in all these books talks about how he would like reference Evil <laughs> Three Stooges sketches, yeah. right? Like about visuals, stuff like that. Yeah. Where are you on the Three Stooges, by the way? I feel like we've what? united on this where we're both kind of like only seen in, you know, little bits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I, I feel like there are. No
1: beef with them. I Same. don't want them beating Same. me up.
0: I feel like they're. Don't there make are... me go over there and
3: whack
1: you <laughs> upside your head <laughs> you know, and I poke right, you in your and, eyes, David. Right. Make my eyes cross or whatever and go like. Yeah. I feel on. like there's
0: certainly a type of person who. Thumbs their nose at the Three Stooges and goes like, "They're not intellectuals. They're not. They're no Laurel and Hardy. They're they're no Marx Brothers. Right? right. Yeah. Right. That there's that sort of like divide. Mm -hmm. I have never." really been into them but i also have no judgment of it whatsoever and i will say i like i've watched a lot more marx brothers than i have three stooges three stooges would be in circulation when we were kids i guess so it is weird to think that we were like of the last generation where there just wasn't that much children's television where sometimes yeah, you'd be like beyond there's an hour of three stooges on some deep channel i guess so I, I never watched a lot of it, but I was no. like familiar with them. I, I've certainly seen some of it. Uh, well, I have news
2: for you both. I love the
0: Three Stooges. And I've watched them a the surprise. most out of all of the
2: other <laughs> groups, groups you reference. Sure. Yeah. They Who's rule. your guy? Okay. It's Curly. Okay. Because Curly is like kind of like lovable. He's mm-hmm. like the least mean one. That's yeah. why I always liked him. And he's just kind of like goofy and. He's the one who's like, nier, nier, nier. Yep. Right. yeah, and yeah, he yeah. does a great move sometimes soikum, where he,
1: he spins he around this, on the floor I and he know gets about too that, excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm a victim of circumstance. Wait, he's like that. He talks like a Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, another thing that the Ramis all love magic, <sighs> big influence. Again, you can kind of see it in yeah. shoestring filmmaking, Absolutely. right? Like I mean, having this movie to is using yes. every technique in the book. Um. So that in fact, is what mm-hmm. makes him friends with his high school classmate, Bruce Campbell, yes. Hunk,
0: yeah, Big Chin, Star of the Evil Dead. Well, and just one of these things you love when two people just find each other that early on in life and are like, you care about this shit as much as I do, and their careers are able to completely develop in tandem, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you just think of like, just like, how fucking lucky is it those two guys end up in the same high school? That they uh, find each other. It's it's beautiful and makes me happy.
1: Yeah. I I will note, it's not that, I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it's like something that comes up a lot, but mm-hmm. he has an older brother called Sander who died, who drowned when he was 15 years old, wow. which I think cast a crazy pall over the sure. family, especially when he was, Ramey, I think was nine at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, that's in here. Uh, what are some other, I'm trying to sort of think of, you know, Ellen Sandweiss, who's in this film, Josh Becker, Scott Smitty, they're all, they're called the Michigan Mafia. They're all right. in this little sort of like Michigan kid movie drama sort yeah. of circle,
0: I guess. Well, let's also mention. They're all doing plays. They're all making little Super 8 movies. Who else is Sam Raimi and his crew hanging out with all the time these days? These days? No, at the, oh, in this okay. time Back period. Because I, I don't know who Sam Raimi's hanging out these days. I, I, he and John Favreau seem very close.
1: Uh, who? The Coen brothers. Well, the Cone. Bro- I don't know about that. When when do they hang out? Like not in high school, right? The Cone brothers, oh, of
0: course, are from Minnesota. But I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. Not not in high school. I I know you're you were just invoking the actresses, but um, they're in high school. They're in high school with them. Like, okay. They all know gotcha. Each other gotcha. Right. Gotcha. No, right. I just know the fact. I'm sorry if I'm jumping over in time here, but like the Cone brothers always cite the exact thing we were saying, where it was like Sam Raimi was the first person we knew who made a movie. Who suddenly uh, yep. made that leap where you're like, oh, you can go from being the guy on the couch talking about what you would do to just fucking doing it? Yes. Uh. Yeah. No. We'll talk about Joel. Yeah. Cohen sorry. Sorry. Later. Sorry. Yeah, I was jumping he's ahead. Coming up. So okay. over eager.
1: So, you know, they're also they're all making their little super 8 movies. Uh-huh. They all go to Michigan State, I think, yep. or, or some of them do. Ramey goes to Michigan State mm-hmm. and Bruce Campbell goes to Western Michigan. Oh, Jesus. Me. Uh, I don't, you know. Uh, and that but at Michigan State he meets Robert Tapert, is yes. that how you say his name? I th- the the I guy think it's Robert Tapert whatever, the guy who yeah. produced this movie, right? right?
0: One of another one of his chief collaborators in these right. early. Right, cuz then he, I mean, they do another just weird facet of Raimi's career. That I do think factors into him getting the Spider Man job is that the two of them become the kings of like daytime syndicated adventure shows. Right. That Tappert and Ramey have their Xena, Hercules, yeah. Jack of All Trades, it, Briscoe County. It empire. was a moneymaker
1: back Huge. then, right? You know, Huge. those syndicated shows. Huge. Yeah. Uh,
0: Tappert, of course, now married to Lucy Lawless, has been for the last 30 years. They have kids, they're yes. happy. Love um, it. And then he and Tappert uh, also have Ghost House Pictures, which has been very big for them for the last 25 years, doing. Yeah. Here's the thing that I think is interesting producing horror films, Next Generation. Yes. You know, they start making their shitty little movies. One yeah. of them is called.
1: A happy valley kid they make uh-huh. it for like a thousand dollars and they would start showing them at like on campus yeah and they would make like like say they spent a thousand dollars they'd make five thousand right like so they actually had a little bit of a pipeline in their brains of like okay you can like turn money around that's where
0: tapper in this thing i was watching said he took notice of them was like oh it's not even like that they're good filmmakers it's that they have some weird like show busy like money making instinct here they figured out a model there was some weird thing they figured out in terms of, like, they'll pay you to put on an event at the college, and that's greater than the amount of cost to rent the equipment to do that, so they could get paid by the school as if they were, like, bringing in outside entertainment almost. It was something like that. I'm getting it wrong. But, yes, they were making money off of screening their short films. Uh, they were. Uh, this is Ramey's quote. Uh,
1: we would rent an auditorium space, run audit- newspaper ads. We'd sell tickets. We acted as our own projectionists. Yes. And it was a great learning experience. We would sit among the audience as they screamed, this sucks. After a while, out of self-defense, we would make better films. Right. Uh, but the thing that uh, Tim Philo, who I think is the DP, I think that's how you say his yes. name, uh, on Evil Dead says, is when you project the movie out of a Super 8 um, projector, mm-hmm. you have to keep, he, this is how he puts it, you have your hand on the control trying to keep the sound in sync. You're doing a mix on the spot. So like basically like, Every time you basically have to manually project the movie. Yeah. And so Raimi would take reels out if people got bored. Like he would self edit on cool. the fly and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is like one reason I think, you know, the Evil Dead's really short. Like I think the initial cut of it was two hours or yeah. Raimi was just like, no, no, no. You know, like he just yeah. wanted the most like compact, entertaining I just like that idea. I of love like, it. Like you yeah. know, like them having the live feeling of the audience. There's this
0: thing about Raimi having this sort of like old-school showman yeah, yeah, sensibility.
1: The kind of William castle
0: Right. Uh, is that... that's, who, that's who, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you know, but entertainer. There's the yeah. thing that, like, develops with Raimi later, obviously, where he, like, famously uh, w- w- always dresses like a gentleman on set. Right. And not in, like, a Paul Feig... No, like, but he's always in a suit, right? Thing. Right. I,
1: I mean, uh, at least often.
0: And I think especially in the 90s, people were like, that's a little bit odd. And he would always just very modestly be like... You know, I have a lot of respect for um, uh, movies and uh, the job of it. And I wear a suit so everyone on set understands that I uh, take this very seriously. Like, not in a self-serious way, but in a, like, I want to pay respect to the art form and the audience that we're making the movies for. I'm realizing I don't really know what he sounds like. He sounds like I, that. Yeah, he's, he's like just kind of nerdy and quiet. Like, I mean, my my, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but he did one of those Directors Guild podcasts. Yeah. Where the directors interview each other after yeah. screening of a movie. Great, great podcast. Um, Recently,
1: Joel Cohn and Guillermo del Toro, by the way, was a really good one. Yes.
0: Um, um, they have great episodes all so the time. So he and Favreau are weirdly close. Sure. I think I think Favreau's, like, kind of gone to him as a guru a number of times in his career. As he's sort of scaled up to Very bigger logical. movies. yeah. And he did one after Lion King. And Raimi was moderating the Q&A. And Raimi, like, makes jokes. Like, he has bits that are clearly prepped. Mm-hmm. But he's so low-key in how he delivers them. Mm-hmm. And he goes, like, uh, um, John, I, I remember uh, when the first Iron Man came out. Um, I took my uh, daughter to see it, and she uh, turned to me at the end of the movie, and she said, uh, Dad, uh, they did it. Um, they uh, uh, finally made a good superhero picture. Right, and everyone's sort of like, oh, he's not talking. Oh, that was
1: a joke. Like, like that, that's the end." His energy? daughter's okay.
0: shitting on Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I mean, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, I guess, like, because, like, Someone like Zemeckis or whatever, I'm like, oh, I know what his, you know, I've seen enough talking heads
0: and I know his energy, but I'm realizing. Raimi mm-hmm. is literally quiet. Okay. And then, Good for him. Right. And I think it's very focused. And then all the shit I was for watching... Very Midwestern, it sounds like. Yes. But not in the
1: garrulous sort of Chicago,
0: you no, know... No, but also not mysterious, not self-serious, you know? It, like, very respectful. I and mean, Topper had a thing he said where he was, like, 98% of the time, Raimi is, like, the sweetest, gentlest, kindest, funniest, most sort of, like, uh, avuncular guy to everyone on set. Mm-hmm. And 2% of the time, he can get very like brisk and sort of like focused and stern and when he's doing that it's because he feels like there's not enough respect being shown not to him but to the amount of work other people Everyone are putting towards so the movie. Hard, right, right right that's the sort of whole thing with him and it's the suit thing as well of just like we need to pay respect to the seriousness of this art form and also the audience we're making this for eventually mm-hmm. that's where like the weird editing on the fly thing comes into play for me in my mind is that like he's like our primary responsibility is to entertain the audience he has his own identity he has his own fingerprints he's trying to make individualistic films but it's like if the audience doesn't like it I failed Mm -hmm. I don't think he's one of these like they didn't get it no
1: he's right he's not chip on his shoulder about that right Right, okay trying to see what else Uh, Bruce Campbell Mm -hmm. works as a gopher for Vern sorry yeah works as a gopher for Vern Nobles who was a famous gopher for george stevens and teaches him like the
0: lore of the gopher you know like you know
1: always have a rag always have a book like run everywhere you go like all that stuff campbell is
0: is it's the same as the fucking um uh why jesus christ bill paxton mm -hmm. where i'm like these guys loved movies so much that even though they clearly wanted to be movie stars and had leading man looks and got there when they started out they're like yeah i'll fucking paint the models I'll, like, scrub this down. I'll lift the equipment. Like, they actually spent time in crews, not just because they were trying to get their foot in the door, but also, like, they love everything about movies. Mm -hmm. They're not just guys who, like, love movie stars and the idea of being the dude. And they talk about in this, like... Campbell was, like, such a key player in this movie, not just obviously in its development and being the main actor on screen most of the time. But they are like, he was producing. He was the guy who had to put the contact lenses in for all the deadites. Like, he was moving equipment. He was, like, doing everything, you know? And then to also maintain this incredibly high-wire performance the whole time.
1: I have to imagine there's going to be lots of... Bruce Campbell's stories. Yes, over these episodes because the man
0: writes books and tells yes.
1: stories and is a you know a,
0: a thing, a thing a I had great com- relator of anecdotes. A thing I'd completely forgotten until he reminded me. John Hodgman. John Hodgman was Bruce Campbell's editor. That was kind of Hodgman's big entry point into the literary world. Was uh, Bruce Campbell's he, books, which sold disproportionately well, and it was this especially moment if
1: chins could kill that right. the first one. Yeah. yeah,
0: in the '90s when like online. The internet was starting to make uh, these fandoms that had existed in real life all congregate together so they were louder and more visible. That book sold so much better than like celebrity memoirs from much bigger stars where Hollywood started being like, oh, is like a cult following, Is that's still a following. If it has that many people behind it, he's actually famous and well-liked, you know?
1: Uh, I knew about him. Well, again, I'll talk about my relationship. With yeah, you. sure. Anyway, but, like, yeah, like, I'm trying to think, like, I feel like I kind of knew of Bruce Campbell before I knew of The Evil Dead in a weird Same. way. Same. Yeah. And,
0: and Sam Raimi. And then, like, was like, what yeah. is this? Who are these guys that everyone's obsessed with and what's the movie that made everyone obsessed with them is how I went into renting this movie and watching it for the first time.
1: Anyway. All right. Yeah. So, Raimi and Campbell, they sure. want to make a feature film. What yeah. kind of feature films are getting made on the cheap? Poor. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, right? These movies where it's like scary movies sell. Mm -hmm. You can make them for low budgets, yeah, uh, but still need money. Yes, so uh, they make a little short film called Clockwork. Have Mm -hmm. you ever seen this? I never have. I have not. Um, But apparently, whatever gives them it's a seven-minute short. It gives them a little bit of uh juice and, and then, then they... what's within the woods right well so then they have this screenplay called book of the dead within yeah. the woods is something they make
0: Here, that's okay. sort of a proof of concept almost
1: right um absolutely so yeah. they go to a lawyer friend of i think like taper Tappert's dad called okay. philip gillis okay who uh they what they get introduced and i think Tappert's dad is trying to get this guy to talk them out of this like be like yeah. can you talk to my kid and his friends about how like the movie business is is a crap shoot and you're never yeah. gonna make any money and instead they come in and they show clockwork to him on like a little super Eight projector yeah and it's got like a jump scare and some mm-hmm. shadows on the wall and all that and this is the this quote from this guy gillis is great he's like that type of movie is not my favorite but I was taken by the quality of it. I told them what had to be done to raise money, that they would need to, you know, do all blah, 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 right? And uh, he said that he, I'll do the legal work for you, mm-hmm. but it's going to be, you know, X, it's going to be t- thousands of dollars. Yeah, sure. And they said, we don't have that kind of money. He said, okay, fine. I'll take a piece of the action. You can cool. give me two shares. Yeah. How much is a share in your movie? And they said $10,000. So he says, I'll take two shares for doing the legal work. Yeah. And afterward, I was so impressed with their industry and talent, I bought, I bought another share and a half myself. Now, here's the great quote. Yep. Here's the killer. Okay. I was satisfied with their integrity. My judgment has been vindicated by the way they've treated all of us investors ever since. Let me tell you something about those kids. I got a check last year from them, and it's the second one. It's a six-figure check. With Hollywood Accounting, I could have just gotten my money back, but yeah. that would have been it. But those kids are honorable. I like that. So they keep paying out the yep. original Evil Dead investors. Yeah, this rules. thing fucking makes money, yeah. right? You know, forever. Yes, wow. yes, Because like you're saying, I feel like every few years, they're like, we have a new DVD. It looks like the Book of the Dead. And the yeah. fans are like, you got me. It's we added, have 40 bucks. It, take this is, it.
0: It's like legendary for like, if you're a fucking Raimi stan, you've, been, you've just been like... They've cucked you so many times of like, (laughs) I'm buying it for the 10th time. Uh, Absolutely. So, we love it. So then they make Within the Woods, which
1: is like, yeah, it's like a sort of a
0: 30-minute version of Evil Dead. I've never seen it. Have you seen it? No, there's a crappy copy of it on youtube is all i could find i was hoping it was on one of the the discs i think they
1: are not proud of it so like they don't really try to spotlight it anymore the the
0: biggest thing is that the dynamic it's a proof of concept but the dynamic is uh flipped Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. uh what's the actress's name uh uh uh, Uh, ellen sandweiss sorry uh uh, who i didn't realize is uh, jesse hodge's mother who's that she plays the agent on barry she's like a very very good actor she uh, is who I like a lot Cool, right um, Love her But uh, She essentially occupied And married to Beck Bennett Yes Jesse Hodges Yeah, yes. not, not no, Sandweiss. Yeah uh, Cool family Cool yeah. cool extended family tree there um, She essentially occupied the Ash role In Within the Woods uh, Right okay. It was the yeah, more yeah, yeah, standard Sort of final girl She has thing. to
1: survive Right Right And right. Sandweiss says You ask if it was a good script No, it sucked We were all hitting each other Over the head with axes Yeah But Sam was good at you know being imaginative.
0: Yes, right. Um, it's it's a thing. Uh, uh, Joe Bob's Joe Bob Briggs said in this featurette, which was like a if you outline the events of evil dead to people it just sounds like a series of cliches there's nothing in how you describe it to people that makes it sound any different from a thousand other movies you've watched Mm. right there's no sort of like twist and then on top of that the things that could be construed as twists are things that never work like the guy survives sure like that where they're like the protagonist is never a guy that never works yeah that's that's true. That's right. a good point. Yes, and then Edgar the Wright rare... had this line where he was like, most horror movies follow the format of them getting picked off one by one. Of course. Right. And in Evil Dead, do essentially. inventive kills for right. every, you know, all that. Yeah. Evil Dead, essentially halfway through, he's the only one left. And instead of it being people getting picked off, it's him getting picked on. Right. Is what Wright said, which I thought was a really good way of expressing what's yeah. so unique in this movie. The second half of the movie is just everyone fucking with him. Uh, It's true Everyone's kind of Yeah, pranking him Kind of being rude Within the woods By all accounts Sounds like a slightly More conventional version Of the Cabin in the Woods movie Yes Done just to show them The sort of tone and vibe Of what they wanted to
1: Apparently there's this moment Where Bruce Campbell Who's possessed Mm -hmm. Chews his arm And it looks weird And goo You know, they have like Weird latex coming out of it And that looked so cool And gross that that was sort of a moment that popped, and right. obviously encouraged them to like
0: go bigger, cool visual effects. more visceral, right. right? Yeah, and I think also that like, oh, Campbell's really good at this physical shit. Yeah, he is. That his weird like the the you Three know what else he's good that, at? turning no, me big on. S-chan. Yeah, he. It, you know, it's funny because I feel like by the time you get to Evil Dead Two he sort of owned his position of, like, I'm a parody of a handsome guy. Yeah, right? you definitely, sure. Yeah, He's but. obviously a handsome guy, but, like, by the time he gets Evil Dead 2, he understands what role he's going to occupy in Hollywood, which is, like, I'm a little too slick. I'm a little too cocky. I'm not going to be Bruce Willis. I'm, like, the fake Bruce Willis you dispatch early on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is the one movie where you're like, he's just kind of hot in this. It's kind
1: of like the he, hot guy you know in college or whatever. Exactly.
0: Yeah. He doesn't have the arched eyebrow. He's not sort of doing the winkiness. But no. he's just like so fucking committed. There's even just like, he's not plucking that unibrow. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, for sure. And they talk about the the women. Because uh, they, they now all like tour conventions together. Mm-hmm. And so then they produce like a documentary together about the three of them and their relationship. Ellen Sandvice, stuff. Betsy Baker, yeah. Teresa Tilly they were like he was so fucking shy at the time like no. he was such a sweet shy guy but he was just like so collaborative so caring so attentive especially to the other actors looking after them but it was like Ramy was the same way and then and then they would get big when they did three stooges routines like they would literally talk to each other through and then they would write, you know, yeah boys you know right yeah, right not to be and but, they were yeah. like hilarious but i think What you wouldn't expect, which is another thing that Raimi sort of, like, lands on miraculously in the same way that, like, oh, fuck, the practical, the blood, the stickiness, that's popping, Mm -hmm. is the, like, Bruce Campbell's sort of vernacular of Three Stooges translates really well into physical suffering. You can place it in a less comedic context, but he's able to crank up the energy of reacting to a bite or the thing he has to do to himself or whatever, and it just becomes so cinematic. Um, I love it. Uh, whereas this movie maybe at the beginning positions him more as just like this is our friend who's like a handsome guy. Uh, right, he's well, he's that gonna, has to be the thing that switches him from within the woods to this of like, no, he's the guy who's gonna suffer.
1: I assume so. I don't, well, we'll okay, well, let me yeah. let me let me keep going because within sorry. the woods they show it in front of Rocky Horror, okay. One time, someone writes it up in the Detroit Free Press. This guy, Tom Philo. Who's going to be the DP? DP. Yeah, reads that article, goes to the next showing of in front. It was in front of Saturday Night Fever. He goes up to Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi's like, "Are you here to see Saturday Night Fever?" And he's like, "No, I'm here to see Within the Woods." Cool. I heard about you. Yeah. Uh, And he was just obviously impressed by the movie, but figured like they need a lot of help, Mm -hmm. and it was basically like, "Whatever you guys are doing, I'm in." Like, just please involve me. They raise 150 grand. No, they're hopeful to raise 150 grand. But they decide when they raise ninety grand,
0: they can go. Okay. Follow. By the way, raise more. DP on this. Yeah. And then is DP's second unit for Evil Dead Two. Right. And then pretty much retires from the film industry. Well, pretty good resume. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So they
1: get their funding together. They have Sandvice. They have Campbell. Mm-hmm.
0: Betsy Baker is you know had just graduated from Michigan State they talk about i mean they're all obviously friends now but they were three very different uh uh personalities yeah but sand was kind of this intellectual serious-minded jewish girl mm-hmm. and that uh baker was more of like a type a sort of sorority girl cheerleader energy she, right she's sang, i think right i don't know that, uh. that, that at first they were like she's too peppy and right. then the third one, who I get her name confused, Teresa because she, Tilly, but she She's, does this under a fake name.
1: Yes, which is Sarah York is the fake name. Right. Her name is Teresa Tilly. So yeah. she
0: had just booked a Sag commercial, and she thought that this movie cuz movies like this did not help people's careers at this point in time. No. They were like things you had to get past in order to become a serious actor. It's one level above doing like a softcore movie or whatever. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. And not only that but there was no later revenue stream of like you get to spend the next 40 years going to sure, conventions for yeah, this. Yeah,
3: that's
1: true, right. So right, she
0: made a fake name to distance herself from this movie, and SAG found out about it, and she was uh, suspended from working for six months after this movie because of the fake name. Silly. Yeah. Uh, um, but that then... she was the more serious-minded, trained, had the most on-camera and theater experience mm-hmm. of the three of them.
1: And then Hal Denrick plays the other guy, Scotty. Mm-hmm.
0: These are, they, they did the auditions. Henrick, uh, uh, Denrick, sorry. Um, Denrick, yeah. He was the horror fan. He was the one of the cast even more so than Bruce Campbell who was like, I love these types of movies. I'm so excited. I'm in one of these movies. I understand exactly how this needs to be played, which I think that infectiousness extended to the women in terms of them suddenly getting the joy of the thing more rather than being a little bit embarrassed by being in it. You know?
3: Right.
1: Um, They decide to film in Tennessee mm-hmm. instead of Michigan because they thought it would be cold in Michigan. Yes. Actually, apparently was the coldest winter in Tennessee history and Michigan was like beautiful and Michigan was year. like very nice yes. uh, so they blew that yeah uh yeah you know so many of the stories are just about what a nightmare it was to make it there was they, no running water in the cabin they're all right. like living in this shithole they shit all hole. lived in the cabin like right. the
0: entire crew and cast of this movie is spending all of their time in this cabin sleeping in the cabin the guy who's the cook for all of them couldn't really cook but they had hired him for two other jobs both of which he was bad at so he sort of ended up as the cook.
1: Yeah. Uh, right. And people, keep, you know, it drags on so long that a lot of people drop, have to leave. Yes. And so by the end there's like barely any crew. There's really yeah. just like one guy holding a microphone. There's Sam
0: and Ted. and or, You know what I mean? Like there's... Uh, the stat I heard once again who knows how much of this is sort of like mythology but that the entire crew and cast was essentially on for six weeks. Seven, I think, but yes. Yeah, six and, or seven. And then weeks. essentially the second half of production was down to five people, including Bruce Campbell, which is pretty much everything with just him. He's basically on screen the whole time. All the and special effects. And effect then one of the other guys is right. the chef. Right. So he's not really right, like, you right. know, uh, on set. But, but it's right. It's like DP, Tapper, Ramy chef, Campbell, <laughs> um, model maker. Yes, there's
1: apparently a moment where Raimi fell into a deep sleep in the middle of a scene because he Uh had not slept for three days. Uh, And he just like fell asleep, like laid down on a couch and could not be woken up.
0: Um, So that sounds pretty weird. But he was just obsessive about doing things over and over and over again until they got right using whatever techniques he needed. And right was about a feeling rather than this is obviously not a movie that is like uh you know, uh realistic. Mm-hmm. It's not about uh it, it has it employs so many different visual styles that mm-hmm. it's like he just knew the feeling of what every moment needed to be. What what's the vibe of this effect, you know, or this performance moment or whatever it is. And then yeah, they, they did pick up shoots at Detroit later. So, yeah. yeah, the whole thing dragged on forever. That was like a few do, year later. It takes about three years for this movie to get released properly. Basically, it was premiered in 81 and came out in 83, right. I think. Uh, but, like,
1: think, as you mentioned, of course, the post production happened, happened in New York. Mm-hmm. Edna Paul did the editing, and her assistant was one young. Joel Cohn, mm-hmm. who sees this movie and is like, well, I want to do something like this. And yep. that's where Blood Simple comes from. He's yes. like, we should make a small genre movie. You
0: know, same right. same basic thinking and obviously they continue to collaborate. We'll talk about Crime Wave and right. all that. McDormand and Hunter living together. The Coens, Raimi. All these people are friends at this time, which is it's wow. cool. It's fucking the coolest shit the, in the
1: composer, world. I love the music for this movie so much. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Uh, as a, It doesn't really match with the movie entirely, but I no. love that. Joe De, uh sorry, Loduca, not Deluca. Yeah, Loduca, Uh is some pal of theirs. They met through like the Michigan Department of Transportation. He just does some school, suggests some music for them, like weird, and they're like, sounds great. They hold this big premiere at the fanciest theater in Detroit, mm-hmm. the Redford Theater. Is it still Book of the Dead at
0: that point? I know when they started screening this movie, it was Book of the Dead. It wasn't until it got proper distribution. I think, so, yeah. I think that the title right, was right, changed. Right, right, right. Yeah, and. Uh Erwin Shapiro
1: uh-huh. sees it and is like, I'm going to take this to Cannes, to the marketplace, right, not right. to the festival. Uh, and that's where the ball starts rolling. And I think yeah. Stephen King was in the audience... At Cannes, yeah, at I one believe, of the Cannes screenings, I and believe. was like, I love this, right? And was and like was an early champion.
0: He gives him the quote that they put on the poster, which right. they all credit with making their career. Right. It was like once you had that sign off, but also like Joe Bob Briggs is talking about, like he's hearing about this movie from circles, like he's seeing it written up in like horror newsletters and stuff. So before it has distribution, when it's like here's this movie they shot a year ago, it's getting shown around a little bit. He got into like I think the second screening ever. So then once he does that, he becomes another guy sort of blowing the trumpet but for this movie. New Line distributes it eventually, like yeah. early New Line. But I mean, so much, one, this movie is a video hit more than they anything. They all talk right. about it was like, it made a little bit of impact in theaters. It made like a few million dollars. there had been yeah. a couple years, I think it was almost like paranormal activity where it's like, why is this thing on a shelf? Horror fans want to see this. But then when it came out in theaters, yeah, it made a few million dollars and then like exploded on video almost immediately.
1: Yes. And so it's one of those early video hits and... I, look, video nasty. I have to acknowledge that I grew up in Britain. Yes, thank you. And uh, I'm sorry. What this film, which was I think an X in America, and this later an NC-17, they like,
0: never got proper ratings. So it's, I think it no, was, it got an X rating. It was but I feel X. like it was. Unrated at first, and then got NC seventeen and X later. No. Maybe I'm wrong. No. About this. It was I'm given an X rating,
1: okay. and then yeah. when re released, that became an NC seventeen, which is still the official rating of this film, which is why. But now the releases go unrated, I guess, because yeah, sure. Who cares? Okay, but, so I had the order wrong. Uh, I, apologize. But, uh, I apologize. I apologize. I'm an idiot. It's fine in the it's U not. in the UK. The film had to be edited to even get an X rating, and then it was indeed one of the early video nasties. Yes. We've mentioned this before on the podcast. Ben liked the phrase.
2: I did like the phrase, uh, yeah,
1: and yeah. was banned. And yeah. I, when I was a kid, this movie was similar to like Clockwork Orange Exorcist for
0: me, where yeah. I was like, that movie must be unwatchably violent because it's banned. Well, the thing that Edgar Wright said on on this the retrospective thing I was watching was that, uh, you know, there was there was a lot was finally released in two thousand. To be clear. That's how long it took. Right. The ratings board was very tight and in place for theatrical and there was not really any oversight of videos. Right. So when it played in cinemas in the UK, it was heavily edited. And then when they put it out on video, as was often the case with a lot of these horror movies at the time... There was no oversight there, so they put out the American cut. So then the cut on video was the exact cut that had been banned. And it becomes this thing of, like,
1: your kids can just go to the store and get this filth and watch it without you even knowing about it. You know, all that stuff. Right. Because some of the stuff they ban is like Cannibal Holocaust, but then other stuff you're like... Wait, this movie is barely like it just right. like took on some weird legend of its own because of a scene maybe or right. like like uh, there's Nazism or you know like there's some like sure. theme that freaked people out. Yeah, uh, it's
0: so weird. Well, Child Play two, I mean, Child is, Play uh, three.
1: Because, I don't think that was ever a video nasty. That was just considered to be the inspiration for the Bulger murders, right, which, which it wasn't. And I mean, They hadn't yeah. seen it. Like, yeah. but that 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 was one of those kind of like Columbine where sure. so, like. There's this weird legend that builds around right. like, well, there's a scene that's like that. Like they must have. You right. know, That before, was late. You know, and then
0: they like found that the, one of them had a poster that they had walked by one day. Like there was like some so association that like, that. like that. Right. It's um, weird.
1: And, and when you read about it in Britain and you can, if you want, like, sure, it's all led by these, you know, little old lady types, right. you know, who like haven't watched a movie in 50 years. Think of the children. Yeah think of the children I mean, sex cauldron my my thing david it thought is, they closed that place down oh boy it's one of my favorite simpsons lines ever
0: um i uh was was such a comic book store kid yep, right Little like, Forbidden planet boy yeah and there was a place called village comics that was also close to me that was on the other side of washington square park right, that i really mr., liked
1: mr downtown
0: downtown griffin baby mm-hmm. um but that became like once i found those stores and i was just like not just like oh my God, it's a store with only things I'm interested in. There isn't just a section in the back, right. right? But also, I was just like, I like the vibe of these people as much as it's the parody of the complex store guy. I, See, they kind of scared me. I was kind of afraid of them. David, I was intimidated by them, yeah. but I do think, and I, I'm you want unlocking to be this their is so much of my entire identity now, was I was like, God, they know all of this shit. That's right. And they have opinions on it, Right. Like, I was like, I want to know the shit they're talking about. Like, that was my high fidelity. Like, could I gain these guys' respect sort of thing? It's not like... I, eventually, I I mean, I eventually worked at Free Planet, but I started to know the people who worked there a little bit as I grew up and whatever. But it was that thing of just, like, what's the secret shit they know that I'm not going to read about in Entertainment Weekly? Right. You know? That I'm not going to see on Entertainment Tonight or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Where, where suddenly Bruce Campbell is treated as being as big as arnold schwarzenegger in this store and i need to know what the fucking deal is here so i knew that i think by this point in reading wizard magazine toy fair all these things right wizard yeah i think i knew that like the evil dead movies get goofier as they go along they become more action they become more adventure there's more comedy like evil dead 2 is every genre right and i knew i think that evil dead 1 had the sort of video nasty reputation of like that one's intense. That's the one that's just like that was how the I fucking felt. Like that, that was
1: the humorless one or
0: right and then I knew
1: I had a tree rape this essentially this is my exact plan. right so I'm yeah. maybe
0: 11 or 12 I desperately want to watch these movies yeah. I feel like I'm behind the ball, even though no one I know has seen them but these adults at stores I go to clearly have seen them
1: uh-huh
0: and uh, my mom and I go to local video store TLA video and sometimes I'd want to rent a movie and I would downplay what I knew about the content of it because my mother was still very protective about what I watched, right? Yeah. So then she would ask the guys who worked at TLA Video, like, is this appropriate? And those guys were sort of heroic for me because they were all like film school dudes. Right. Who would be like, this kid should see this movie. Uh You know, like, he clearly, if he wants to see it, he's clearly coming to this from some academic mind. You're not going to fucking talk him out of watching this, right? But I just remember the guy there, my mom brought it to the counter and she was like, Evil Dead, how bad is this? And he was like, you know, I mean, it's like a horror movie and there's blood, but the blood is kind of cartoonish. Which it's all not really untrue. Silly. It's all over cranked. And then I just remember him going, you know, I mean, like the most extreme thing that happens in it is a tree rapes a woman. And there was that moment where I was like, it's blown. It's blown. I'm not right. renting this movie. And right. my mom, I think, was so perplexed. Right. By she's what, like, how could that work? What are you talking right, that about? She just That's went, ludicrous. Like, okay. And And just rented it, yeah, yeah, but but so at that point, did you watch it alone? Yes. Wow. I had so uh, when when Romley was my my brother and I shared a room, right? Wow. And then when Romley and I was when Romley and I, my brother and I, Jamesy shared a room when Romley Romley was was born. born. We got a bigger apartment because now there were three kids, and I had my own bedroom for the first time, and I had like a six-inch TV with a built-in VCR. Of course, classic. So little, that was, like, fella. a lot of my shit was, like, from 10 on, I'm watching movies alone in my bedroom late at night. And more and more, like, I can get away with If I could talk my mom into thinking the things not too extreme at the video store, I can now be watching Alien or Predator, or Evil Dead, and this is, like, a lot of these things. And then you
2: me. developed a really healthy habit.
0: Absolutely. And I sleep very normal hours. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yes, I just, I felt like I'd gotten away with murder, but also at that point, I didn't know about the tree rape thing, and I was just, like... That concept is disturbing me. I'm but watching the re- movie going like, I'm unsettled. Yeah, it's very unsettling. Going into it and and waiting for it. Now, this is a scene that obviously has like a lot of debate around it. Mm. And I think Raimi talks about feeling like he went too far with it. And he, that's like not a thing he would do today. Sure. And I feel like a lot of its reputation is colored by like shitty screenings where guys are like hooting and hollering at it Jesus. in the audience, which like, obviously that's fucked up yeah right but whatever no, when you but watch I, I, this scene i do still think especially not having seen it while i'm like it is really designed with complete horror in mind and right, not a right. sort of like Dilation, bloodlust horror, but like right. this is yeah. like an upsetting thing like i think that we presents it as like we are aware that this is a turning point in the movie where you're just like this is like fucking malicious and awful and traumatizing this is a movie that first
1: time I saw it, that was sort of my feeling on it. Right. I was quite unsettled by it. Like, and I, then I saw Evil Dead 2 quickly thereafter sure. and was like, I probably saw them this people. is so much fun. Right. This is so goofy. And like, if the tree was in Evil Dead 2, you'd be like, there is no way. It's kind of right. Not the energy of the The film's movie. too yeah. flipping around it. There's no way. But like, right. But then Evil Dead 1 was kind of like Terminator 1, where you're right. like, yeah, that's the one you don't watch as much because it's darker and it's less fun. And that scene is
0: genuinely fucking upsetting it to is. watch. It puts you in a very weird headspace.
1: But, but I rewatched Evil Dead just now. Yes. And I was like, damn, I should watch this movie all the time. Same. This fucking, movie fucking rules. Same.
0: That's, that was the realization like, I had.
1: Yeah, this movie is yeah. so like s- cool and... Yeah, the right kind of freak is slick. It's it's just, I love the vibe. I mean, all right, I'm going to say something embarrassing. Say it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I don't think, I had no, because the movie came out in Britain commercially, basically, sure. available to rent when I was 14. So okay, I saw...
2: and your point is... How would that affect you? Yeah, what I do saw you, Donnie Darko
1: yeah. when I was like 15. Yeah. And in Donnie Darko, they go see The Evil Dead at right. one point. They're in a right. theater. Right. And you just see... It's like a shot of the car, that shot with the scores like doom. Yeah. Doom. And like the the thing is rocking on the porch or whatever. Like you don't really see much. And I remember watching it being like, that movie looks crazy. What is that movie? Immediately realizing it was the Evil Dead, you read in like Empire magazine, like, oh, that's a little yeah. Homage, to the, and I was like, I gotta see that movie. Like, it looked so atmospheric and weird. Yes. And then it just becomes the movie in my head of like, yeah, that's the movie with the zombies and the gore and the cool like that. Right. Specific. But then I re- I'm like, yeah, I love that start. It, I it, love the weird, creepy beginning. Yeah. I before mean, anything's happening. You know what's the thing? I I,
0: I don't know if I fully landed on Earth. donnie Darko is my entree to the Evil Dead. Leave me alone. It's not that embarrassing. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that embarrassing. Sure. But um. This movie is like such an archetypal setup, right? Even by the time this movie has made its old hat and then it's been imitated. Cabin in the woods. It's literally right. It's the joke. Um but from the moment this movie starts, there is a different energy than you so often have in these types of setups. And I think there's something to the fact that like they're all just a little bit older than the characters usually are in these movies. Like, it's the difference between them being like 22 or 18, you know? I do. And there's just a little bit of wariness to them. There's a little bit of cynicism to them. Mm-hmm. So it's not that same thing where it's like they're driving to their death. These fucking glib kids.
1: These dumb, horny teens who need to be punched because they want to drink and screw.
0: Right. And and like without it going
1: full screen. They look like they just want to have dinner or something. I don't really Absolutely. like, right? They're just going to kind of vibe in the cabin. They all <laughs>
0: seem a little bit tired. And it's such a weird grouping where it's like this guy, his girlfriend, his sister, her boyfriend, and the fifth friend. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like an odd collection of people. And yes, it just feels like we've just been so stressed out. We should like just go around a cabin in the woods for a weekend and just sort of like get away. I gotta Rather say. Rather than that energy of like, we'll go here and we could drink and no one will right. catch no us. No one's
1: gonna be watching. Uh, pretty creepy, that cabin, in my
0: opinion. Absolutely. What? Right right off it's the a bat. little creepy. Right off the bat. No, you're like, I hey, don't like its vibe. This looks oh my bad. God, I would love to live in that cabin. <laughs> but it also looks like, especially in a pre-fucking Airbnb era, this is the exact thing they could afford. 100%.
1: But sure. I mean, like, they're driving on... A road, quote unquote, but it really just
0: looks like the rest of the grass around it, right? Like you barely can discern a path. So this is my final point about like the vibe set up from the group. Immediately, they're not full scream, but they do have that vague self awareness of like this is like a creepy setup, right? I guess so. Just the right amount. Listen,
2: i a hundred percent buy this. I am that kind of guy where I'd be like. Well, yeah, the bridge fell apart. It's rustic. We're right. in the country, right. okay? Look at like, this what amazing house. worried about, that this house. is a horror
0: movie? Yeah, this is an amazing experience about I just we're about think to when have. this starts out, I'm not like, I, I'm buying their Hangout vibe, and I'm yeah, not thinking yeah. they're stupid for going along with this. Yeah. Which I think goes a long way, because as you said, there's 14 pages of dialogue There's here. not a lot of talking. Right. It's going to be such a vibe that carries these characters.
1: The first person to get anything going on is Cheryl as Ellen Sandweiss for who who draws the picture and then starts drawing the weird picture. Well, as you said,
0: the first moment is the opening opening of this film. After the porch swing. But the opening opening is the Raimi cam going through oh, the world. So good. Which is just such a like statement of intent. I
1: think it's and I should look. It was something to do with like obviously they couldn't afford a steady cam. Yeah. Uh, but like they they would do something with like they would put it on wood beams, I think, yeah. and just kind of run it. Yes, uh, they,
0: they call it the shaky cam, right? Yeah. yeah, they would just have a long board and kind, of, yeah. Anyway, it's really and cool. It's, it's not that he's the first to do this, but it's that thing of just like the the camera has a personality, it does. Yeah. and in this movie, that personality is giving you the sense of ominousness. Where you're constantly trying to figure out, am I watching what's happening from the perspective of the characters? Because so much of horror movies is something weird happens. Someone reacts to it, right? And you're seeing their POV. Or when has it shifted back to now the camera is the force? Right. Right? Because this movie doesn't have, like, a big bad there isn't a final boss. No. There's, it's like right, there's just yeah. an evil force in the woods. It's making everything around him bad. There's just... And sometimes the camera is playing that force and sometimes it's not. But yeah, I know. And of course, I'm forgetting you, you see like the weird swamp. Right. Sort of bubbling gases yes.
1: and fog
0: or mist or whatever. But you've also just set up this thing of like, this camera has bad vibes behind That's it. And the, and the music is kind of weird. When we get into the car, everything feels neutral again. But you're just like, you know, there's this looming presence. And then, yes, the the porch swing is the first thing, which is just it's so fucking like clearly there is someone swinging the porch and then grabbing it and holding it still. It's the most analog, basic fucking shit in the world. Mm -hmm. But it works so well and it's so innocuous that you're like, that's creepy. But What are we going to do? Fucking lose our minds over this. Right. It's not blood coming out of the outlets yet, you know? Um, and but the, the the picture thing correct. is that's pretty early. The, that's the escalation. That's the first. Yes.
1: Uh, because it kind
0: of almost comes out of nowhere. Yeah, she hears the join
1: us right before she does it. Sure. Yeah. Or maybe she hears it after. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's before I think. And then she draws the uh book mm-hmm. essentially. Right. I think that's cool. I just always think that's cool. It's... What's that George C. Scott movie? Is it The Uninvited? Yeah. I uh, where. Yeah you have the... Is it The Uninvited? It's not The Uninvited. George C. Scott. Um, you know, the seance scene where the yes. woman is like drawing like uh, as if because she's possessed. And her performance here is that. so
0: good. I think she plays that moment really well. The tension in her the body. Changeling. Sorry, that's the movie. The, the change changeling, sorry. Yes. Uh, it's, it's like genuinely upsetting. And the fact that she's drawing so ferociously that it's ripping through the paper. Right. And it is that thing where you're like, that looks like how a drawing would look if you're possessed. It's not unnaturally good it feels like it's chaos but then it just forms an image enough to be able to see what's going on right and then david how would you describe like the next kind of tangible scary visual thing that happens in the movie i feel <laughs> like they go into the living room and there's like an nasc- there's like another thing that starts to tell them that things are off maybe i'm trying to think how what are you i up here what you... crash a bridge yeah. goes through a window oh, well that is true Yes. All right. Very well. I hadn't seen this in fifteen years. You forgot about it. I got that. so fucking excited and I was like, Griffin, you better remember to fucking do this tomorrow. Right. Uh that is what it was well it's done. like the exact no, fucking it thing. Is.
3: Right.
1: I would leave right away, just FYI. I know that's the most cliche thing to say about any horror movie, yes. but this place sucks anyway it's a bad cabin i wouldn't go in the first
0: place There's, i mean we know me well yeah. that's true yeah. but
1: like you show up and you're like what is this cabin where one whole room just has saws hanging on the wall like right. I'd just that's leave. early too yeah, yeah. goodbye yeah. ben obviously would no I'm, like be like can i negotiate full purchase <laughs> right you know, can I
2: live here <laughs> yeah. i take a look at that basement and i would be like i think i've
0: found home <laughs> yeah yeah. It it is funny that it feels like this movie has a slow burn when in reality the slow burn is like 15 minutes. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, the movie's 85 minutes. A good with credits. Exactly. Like and a, a good yeah. 40. Yeah. It's just Bruce Campbell at the end there, really, yeah, right? Like Gonzo. Yeah.
0: Um they find the book. Yes. Bound in human flesh and they find the and they find a tape recorder. Right. So I, I love the book so much. The book is so good. Obviously, I mean, I, I mean what can we say? I it's, mean, it, look, it's it's
1: the and I, a- partially I knew
0: this was coming and I ordered it, but I lost my wallet and I was looking for a new wallet to get. And this, I think, is the Evil Dead Two version. But my wallet is now a fucking the Book of the Dead. Yep. My wallet looks like it's the Necronomicon. Uh, uh, it's so uh good, and I I love the illustrations inside. Okay. Uh, me too. I just love the whole vibe of the thing. I just love this idea.
2: I think it's really, really effective and scary to happen upon some experiment gone wrong. Yeah, and the tape initiating, like, like the tape having the reading of the seance that originally killed the creator. Yes, and it's being then replayed and repeated. I, I don't know well, that when I saw this as a kid, yeah. Uh, it just it, that like idea blew my mind, and it still to this day resonates. It's such a creepy thing about analog, yes. Uh, you know, electronics, or just like the something about the tape, too. But I think um, also
0: the weird voyeuristic quality of being in the house of someone you don't know, yes. When you start looking at their objects and trying to figure out who they are. There's always that weird vibe and it's like a little bit creepy and a little bit thrilling, let alone if you discover something that's a little incendiary like that. Yeah. Um, I I just think it's one of these things about just how focused this movie is and and Remy knowing what he wants to do that like we do not dig into the backstory of this guy. It does not need to be explained that much. Like that scene tells you everything you need to know, which is like, oh, this guy had this type of voice. He's Mm -hmm. this kind of academic. Something clearly went wrong here. We don't need to fucking dig into, like, he's Ivo Shandor and he had a cold. To but he, like,
1: that. he just took it to a cabin, I guess, to like, sort of fuck around with it. And that was the end of him. Yeah, yeah. right. It's and like, and then, and then you just it. fill
0: in the blanks. You don't need to fucking know. Because the other thing this movie gets at is just, like, there's no way to stop this. It's not like they're going to be able to go further into his research and find the thing that he didn't get to in time.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, this I-
0: movie's about, like, there's just evil that exists out there and once you fucking open the door and let it in you're you're done you're done and as much as like the sequels take ash and the tv show and everything into different directions right it's so much the idea of like this guy's going to just be forever haunted by this shit forever. And as time goes on, he becomes more and more glib and sort of like jokey about everything because it's a coping mechanism, but his life is forever dominated by the fact that he's the guy that these fucking things chase after. Because I looked it up on the evil dead wiki, obviously. Right. Of course. And
1: I, I love evil dead too. Mm-hmm. And I have, res- and I have primarily a respect for the rest of the evil dead universe. Sure. But it is kind of annoying to have to sift through like comic books or whatever. I'm like, so, I don't care. Like, you know, I don't care whatever backstory people came up with. I love the simplicity of yes. this movie. Right. It's an evil book. It's got a creepy face on it. If you read it aloud, everyone's going to turn into creepy things. Yes. And
0: try and eat you. Well, look, I haven't seen, and I, I will watch for, for during this. Then. I've seen the first season. I've never seen the second two seasons. I got the set with everything now, so I'm going to watch the other two seasons. But a thing I liked, at least from my memory of the first season as well, is just like, I can't speak for the comics, of which I maybe read a couple in the early 2000s. There's, 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 there's sort there's of a been bunch of so random many, ones, right? Yeah. Right, and they've done so many fucking crossovers with shit. Um, but... I like that it's a series that always moves forward and doesn't sure. spend too much time going back into the mythology and the deepness where it is just about like Ash as this guy continuing to live, right? You know, which yes. is what I care about. I don't care about the the gods.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. And think, the curse I, and that I shit. think there is right. There is some comic that explains it more, and I'm you sure. do you do see. The guy in Evil Dead 2, right? You right. see No B, I think his yeah. name is, or whatever. You know, the, the academic. But uh,
0: I do... The, the tape is such an, a simple... Uh, the, the tape is such a simple bit of scare work. And as you said, Ben, not only is it like, here's the exposition, but the tape itself is the curse. Yep. Yes. You've accidentally played something that not only causes the trouble, but is like a document of the moment this guy fucked himself. Okay, And here's the other thing too that I love about It's like this listening to a suicide note almost or something. it you is. Know? But also you would listen.
2: That's what I was gonna say. It, it's like a horror movie where you're like, "Well, of course you're gonna play this fucking thing. How
0: could you not? Like anyone would." But it's it's, sim- I love like, that how do you idea. not fucking look through their medicine cabinet? You're like, not. You're but, not
2: like, being like, "Oh, this fucking idiot. No. He's of course he's exactly. gonna get fucking murdered in the shower." So much more like, than the
0: book. Like if they opened the book and read every page of it aloud, that I'd would be, be like, more unbelievable. I don't think they do that. Playing the tape, you don't. Once the tape is playing, you don't fucking turn that off. That's definitely not.
1: Shit. And the noise, you know, the this when he speaks in. Sumerian Marion, yeah, it's it's creepy sounding, but you're not like, oh, this is bad news because you don't know what he's saying or anything like that. It was
2: surprising that
0: there was a Blue Apron ad though in the middle of it. Well, it's dynamic advertising. He didn't record it at the time they added it, (laughs) and it changes every thirty (laughs) days. Yeah, there is a Blue Apron. Um... (laughs) That's what, what I find weird is that the Blue Apron voice is done by. Like a sort of disembodied dead eye. <laughs> that's the thing I found surprising. Is um, that they had them do the pre-recorded ads. Um and losing his damn mind over uh, here. So
1: they play the tape recorder, and I believe that's when the tree branch comes through the window. Oh, sorry, I was just so over I know you were. There. Uh and all the kids uh, leaning in waiting for Bart sh- to make the that, joke. Cheryl. Yes. Cheryl leaves that night, and that's when yep. she's attacked by the tree. Like that's pretty much. The the sort of first night like series of events yeah Um, And, and the
0: tree sequence yes like incredibly harrowing it is it's 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 just where you can tell
1: this is a real filmmaker yes i guess is the best way to put it right Ver- and it's the same with a halloween or hills have eyes or texas chainsaw massacre or whatever where you're like oh yeah this is like i like watching some goofy schlocky horror movies from yeah. the 70s that never really am- but like this is you're just like oh there's so many clever editing choices being made here this is so involving this it, is so different it also just watch. feels
0: like this is actual evil i'm seeing representation right. of evil like pure maliciousness and I do think, despite, you know, if you get the wrong audience, they might react incorrectly to this sequence. I think, like, so many sequences like this and similar horror movies of the time are trying to have their cake and eat it, too, where they're just like, sexual assault is bad, but also look at these boobs. And I don't think there's anything... There's no titillation. Yeah, I don't. I don't think in the way that he is presenting this as a director, there is anything titillating about it. Obviously there are reasons to not want to watch this and to be intrinsically made uncomfortable by seeing this depicted on screen in any form. But I I don't think he is doing it flippantly, which is usually my barometer for, like, sexual assault in film, which is just, like, are you presenting this as an actual traumatic thing Mm. versus a plot mechanic you know, salaciousness, what have you. Um, but but it does also, like, shift the energy where when she comes back into the house. She's just sort of like, I can't even explain what happened to me. This isn't, like, creepy shit happening. This was, like, such an invasion, you know? Right. That the, the energy has shifted so hugely from that point on. So the next big thing is the He's spades. supposed to drive her away. Right. He's right. supposed
1: to drive her. The car doesn't work yeah. or whatever. The, the bridge is out. Yeah. Uh, she starts to panic. She's like, "It's not gonna let us leave." He's like, yeah. "I don't know what you're talking about." Again, this is where I just she fucking walk right. away. Uh, but absolutely, right. yes. Uh, and then like, I mean, the 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 you know the cards. The, they're playing spades, and she yeah. starts reading out the cards, and then she floats and fucking right. She floats yeah. right then, right? Yeah, yeah. She levitates, and then she's then we're off to the races. I mean, yeah. then it's like, "Why have you disturbed me? I'm gonna eat you, whatever." Right. I'm being flippant about the evil dead. But I just nope. feel like it's yes. very simple. It, yes. There's not there's not a lot to this. You right. woke them up. Shouldn't have. Yeah. They're bad. Yeah. And now they're going to possess all
0: of you. Yeah. And the only way to kill them is chop them up. Right. That's, and that's the- another big statement of intent from Raimi where it's like, how do you stop these things? You dismember them. Right. There aren't zombie rules. It's not like there's a headshot you can do. No. There's not a stake to the heart. There's not a silver bullet. You have to fucking take them apart is the only shot you got. Right. So he's like throwing down the gauntlet of like, here's how much gore is implicit in the premise of this movie. Yeah. You have to take it to that extreme.
2: Yeah. Their transformation to the design. I love Yeah. it. Like all of them turning into these white, like kind of clowny. Yeah. yeah, Clowny. And classic, but obviously it's, like, very bloody and gross Veins, and
1: disgusting. These Veins. weird
0: uh, contact lenses they have to wear that, like... They're, like, glass contact lenses that cover the entire... to eye. blind you. They're and, blind. like, you have to take off right away, basically. Yeah. They're like, blind when they're in them. And they all... All the people worked on this movie talked about the phenomenon of prosthetic madness. Right. Which is, like, maybe, like, five hours in, you start losing your mind. And, like... Some of that they would capture on camera. Right. When it just feels like they're like wild and out of control. And then call cut and go like it's time to get them out.
1: Right. But so much of their performances is just physical, right? It's just moving Absolutely. your body in weird ways. Right. When you're possessed, right? Like she she's Cheryl uh does the, you know, where she
0: kind of like you know, like rival rolling head his head around. His, yes. Yeah, his head around. Um,
1: I'm trying to think of others. Well,
0: uh, I, the, the thing uh, I thought was really funny, uh, uh, Linda was talking about the whole singing thing, right? Okay. And that she was in, like, the makeup, all dolled up, and then was sort of doing bits on set. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they were trying to figure out the first day of filming, like, how should I move this and that? And then she was doing as you do. This always happens. Instead of someone's wearing a funny thing, you all sort of do bits about it. And they do bits about it because you're trying to, like, get comfortable and take the, you know, the weirdness out of the room, whatever. So she started, like, singing in, like, a Shirley Temple sort of voice doing QP doll shit as a bit. Right. And all the crew guys were, like... That makes me uncomfortable. Stop doing it. That. Like <laughs> that's out. not funny. And right. her and Raimi look at each other and they're like, "That's interesting." That they're like they're that, they're that got that such way. a visceral response. We had been rehearsing this where you were playing more menacing, right. and that scared them less than you playing cute in that makeup. Hmm. So then they were like, "That's the thing. You're fucking doing that." Right. Everything is like weird little child star, uh,
1: which is creepy. Yep. Can't deny it. Weird nope. sing songy voice. Creepy. Yep. Um. What else? So she goes crazy. She stabs Linda right. with a pencil. She throws ash. And they knock her into
0: the cellar and the, lock her inside. And she keeps popping up being like. Bah, 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 bah. The pencil <laughs> such a simple gag, but just so upsetting and visceral. Yeah. Nasty. Um, Especially
1: because like it could happen to you. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: But so, like, right. It's just the movie escalates so quickly where they're not going to get picked up one by one. This is like an out-of-control situation that's getting worse by the second. Right. You're playing on this thing that obviously most zombie movies play on where it's like, I don't want to say goodbye to somebody. Right. His, his sort of idealistic, if we can just hold this in place until the morning, we'll be fine. Right. Which immediately just like dooms him. Yes, that's what I would. No, I would just leave. I would have left already. Right. That's he, what I would. But have he's done. like, I don't want to leave people. Which right. kind of, as much as it's maybe not smart, you respect no, his solidarity. He's, you know, he. That's that's what defines him. He. Right. He doesn't want to I chop people though, up. But at and, that
2: point, David, when you're saying like, I would leave, I would leave. I don't Goodbye. think that you can. I think the, the rules of it are. I'm aware that, like, the magic of the deadites or whatever would yeah. prevent me from
3: leaving.
1: Well, but I would definitely try. That's the end of the movie. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's yeah. what's
2: also a, such a scary aspect of it is that the evil, you don't really know what form it takes necessarily, no. how it's transferring. But that's that's what I like about
0: Evil Dead. Griffin as a likes franchise. the lack of lack
2: of rules. So you're yeah. kind of like. Me too. Oh, oh, well,
0: but not only that, okay. but that's just like two paces out of the tube this is going to haunt ash for the rest of his life he can yeah. travel in time yeah he can move yeah decades can pass it's it's just like as you said there's no leaving this but don't you also
1: think like something that's good and interesting yeah or not is sort of like it's not like oh he touched her and that's why she's
0: changing that you know like there's not some sort of like Flowchart of the possession. I, I think the elasticity of the rules is to this movie's advantage, okay. and I also think the elasticity of the um the aesthetic. You know, mm-hmm. and and two obviously takes us to a whole do- a different level. But like, how does this manifest? What does it look like? What are the powers of it? That because it is, it's it's just this thing in the air, right? Right. That then takes hold of you. And it can sort of do whatever the fuck it needs to do to flip you out at that moment. But So why doesn't Ash get possessed? Well, two obviously deals with this more. Right. But forget two. Right. There's
1: no real reason, right? It's just Rules Boy asking a question.
0: Yeah, I think it's just that Ash is the most resourceful and self-defensive. I mean, he's obviously getting bitten by the end of it. Right. And then the movie ends before, I guess, he has a chance to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then obviously the movie has the
1: the final shot of, like, the thing creeping up on him and right. who, who knows what'll happen right. to him next or whatever. Right.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... I Look, Ash uh, takes more damage in this movie than I remembered. As much obviously, this is about him being beaten up. But watching it now for the first time in however many years, I was like, huh, it's a little surprising he doesn't get turned. Right. I thought he got bloodied up, but wasn't as directly sort of right. attacked by them. But missing. he
1: basically does. Like,
0: yeah. So whatever. I don't care, to there, be clear. There's I that can handle thing, it. I'm just wondering. There's that thing, too, that I think lends the spirit of this movie is like, Campbell, they are such close friends that there's this added layer of fucking with the guy at the center of the movie. Sure. There's... Not not just that the movie, the world is doing that, but that Raimi is getting joy out of like, how much blood can we dump on him how much can we poke these bruises? Like all that sort of shit that feels jackassy and that there's a camaraderie to it and it's good natured and it doesn't feel like they're picking on someone, which is why I think this movie does need to star a male character as much as that is the flip of how this genre how always works. Right. Yeah. Because if it's a woman, I think it feels vindictive, right? It feels cruel. Yeah. But, Especially but it, if it's a bunch of, you know, boy zombies trying to eat her as well. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and also there has to be, there's that sort of dilemma moment that's pretty powerful. Of like, I don't want to drop my girlfriend right. up. yeah, know? yeah. But, um, that is just, I feel like, in here, it's crucial to any good zombie movies. You need that kind of like, I don't want to shoot X in the head, it or isn't, I don't want to leave be someone behind, way. or right, Right. Know,
2: Okay, night digging. Okay. Uh, That's uh, something I would do. N- not uh, Well, yeah, mm. I w- I have to agree with that. Yes. It's a scary thing. Yes,
0: it is. No,
1: well, you're only doing it for bad reasons. There's yeah. never a good reason no, to night dig. why you're would not you just... go out in the middle of the night no. and dig a hole? No. 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 Right,
0: right. It's a, yeah. wrong it a wrong time to bury jeans. It is the wrong
1: time to bury jeans. If someone heard right. you digging a hole in your backyard, yeah. huh. they would assume you had done something wrong. Now, I know when you buried your jeans in the daytime people were assuming your neighbors assumed you were doing something wrong. And of
0: course (laughs) the listeners know you were doing something very right. Right. Yes, but, but yes, uh, you've talked about that before that they thought you were burying a body. Um, so, okay.
1: I'm trying to remember the sequence of events here. Uh, obviously Cheryl's down in the cellar. Mm -hmm. Um, demon comes through the window and attacks Shelly turns her into a zombie a deadite right uh he says uh, scott the mm-hmm. other boy stabs her in the back mm-hmm. and then she reanimates so he chops her up right and buries them yeah like buries the bits and then he tries to leave and he comes back possessed the trees get him
0: right Right. sorry is shelly or linda in the basement she,
1: uh Cheryl is in the Cheryl's basement. Cheryl's in the basement, sorry. Shelly is the first one turned. Right. Linda is the later one, right? right? Ash goes to check on her, and then she's like, ah!
0: You know, like, this is, it's... The basement dynamic is just so good, because it's like, okay, we've we've contained this one, this one's fine, we'll wait for a way for to help solve her. help or whatever. Her. Yeah, yeah. But then she fix. just becomes this, like, taunting force of, right. like, for a little bit, she is no longer an immediate threat, but she's this constant reminder of like you're just fucked you're
1: fucked dude there's no way around this and then right because with linda he doesn't want to chop her up so he buries her right she comes back he has to chop her head off with a shovel right
0: and then and then he's got like a friend to talk to who he realizes is quickly turning and there's that like desperation to those scenes of just like how much time does he have left still being able to speak to another person right who is not trying to fuck with him yeah yeah good it's good it's good it's really good it's a really good
1: movie uh, and yeah, like the, the effect of like the blood, like spreading on her, el- like the weird, like sort of spiderwebs right, is, is really that's, cool. That's
0: literally like they're doing stop motion, it's stop motion. They're just drawing f- Correct. more and more. It's frame, Correct. frame, frame, frame. Yeah. Correct. 100%. It's, it's frame by frame painting on a person's flesh. Uh, which, but it's like, super right, good. Raimi, his original plan was, I think he was sort of anti-stop motion, maybe because it was a little overused at that point and seen as corny yeah
1: yeah he was worried right it looks like you know obviously it kind of looks like uh what jason and the argonauts or whatever, right. right you know like uh so
0: he had this whole plan they were saying about like we make dummy heads and but they're really thin and then we put a balloon inside mm. and then we fill the balloon with smoke and we release the balloon so it's like they're head or their body parts will just deflate and smoke will come out. Right. And that looks shitty. And uh, what's his name? The guy who was the main special effects guy, model maker on this. Uh, Bart Pierce, I think, right. was one of them. Yeah. It was like, please let me show you what I could do with stop motion. Right. And it becomes like, even in the sequels that have less of this, that have more like animatronics and whatever, it does just give a language to the movement of these things. Because so much of this movie is like... The, the manic nature of the camera work of Campbell's performance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where stop motion, you can get those eerie rhythms and yeah. things moving too fast. It, exactly. It, or, or just moving in an unsettling speed. Right. Yeah. Right. Which they need to do. And then I feel like in the sequels, you have like them using other techniques now trying to replicate that energy. Which are also good. Which is good. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it all looks so fucking good. And I like I like, by the way, I mean, talking about the elasticity of it, that like, the deadites can look different. Yeah, they, it can manifest in different ways.
1: They kind of seem to. I mean, again, obviously it's a budget thing or whatever, but like right. they, they, they kind of go with the face. They like they, they match the person right. they're on in a weird there way. There are
0: commonalities, but there's not this like one size fits all effect for all of it. And then two is going to go in much further directions.
1: Um, but yeah, obviously, like you know, there's the whole scene with Linda where she's she undeadites right while he's pointing the gun in her head right uh to sort of you know lull him into a false insecurity
0: Which, once again is this thing of like they're just fucking with him it's now. so they're trying to make it's so him simple suffer And
1: yes. it's so effective yes. and then obviously anytime he goes near the fucking you know like there's the bit where her hands come out of the floorboards yes. like and grab him like she's always there right <sighs> it's just poor this. bruce yeah poor guy poor guy um so eventually he gouges Scott's eyes out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He shoots Cheryl. Mm-hmm. He uh we mentioned, you know, he chops Linda's head off with mm-hmm. a shovel. Uh and there's i guess cheryl starts to attack him and that's when the necronomicon is near the fireplace
0: like yeah i'm trying to remember what i'm forgetting here and all like it's hard to
1: string he has to use the
0: necklace god that's such an interesting scene too where he's sleeping on the couch and she finds the necklace and they do that beat with the eyes yeah where it's like an entirely cute scene that they shoot like a horror movie uh those weird eye close-ups where she's trying to check the box without him waking up um but but yes he ultimately he has to use this fucking necklace he bought to fish the book out yeah and they're like chowing down on him it's getting worse by the second yeah. the book is just out of reach can he get it into the fire um th- will that end everything
1: would you just burn the book right away it's such a cool
0: looking book though. Yeah, i know it'd be a I shame feel rude i'm such a collector it. i'm like yeah
1: because it could have occurred to them earlier, like, oh, yes. shit, the book is the problem. Throw it in the fire.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, one of the great moments in Hereditary where she's like, that'll do it. And then it just sets him on fire, which right. is it, it, what such a good reversal of that. I yes. think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but go on. Spoilers. No, I, I, I mean, I'm with yeah. you,
2: David. I keep the book, too. Yeah.
1: I would
0: at least... Good book. It's just that craftsmanship and the weird eye and all that, yeah. yeah. David, Merchandise Spotlight, did you ever have the book editions of this? No. Okay, so that I was I have like...
1: a fairly boring-looking 4K edition of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no no, steel, no right. fancy, yeah, no.
0: I now have the third 4K edition of this, which is the Groovy Collection. Hey, which is this and two and all of Ash versus Evil Dead. Not Armory of Darkness because Universal has that one only. Right. But then that's the first collection that has all the special features from the DVDs of Evil Dead 1 specifically, which were never upscaled for high def. Right. So there's the extra DVD that that set has. That sure. Th- whatever. No, no. I mean,
1: it's fine. It's just, it is, it's not insulting, but it is funny how... yes. They just know they can ring more money. They just out know of they it, can. Out of it the was fans, an Anchor yeah. Bay
0: thing forever, and then uh, has has Lionsgate has had them now. But um, uh, Anchor Bay, in I guess the early two thousands, did like we're releasing the movie in the book of the. Dead. I remember that you can buy the Book of the Dead replica. Uh, and then did a same uh, the same thing for Evil Dead Two with the new book for that. Yeah, I think that one added a sound chip so you could like push the eye of the book and it would scream, and mm-hmm. it was like the coolest DVD packaging ever. That was notorious for just decomposing. Oh, really? It, because That's it funny. was like they almost made it out of the same things that you would have made the prop out of. Sure, like it was like it was like rubber with padding and like foam inside of it yeah um this dvd is now 181 dollars on amazon if you want it look it's very expensive because there are very few of them that are still like intact it was like the second you took it out of the package and it hit air i i mean it's we've sometimes joked about these things before but when you look up like old film props and they look terrifying because they've just decomposed Mm. the the dvd is decomposed in that way right And it was such a shame because they like fully replicated the pages inside the book. It was so cool to have and leave through. Yeah. And then you get to a point where you're just like, I got this like smelling rotty thing on my shelf.
1: Huh. (laughs) This movie has such a good poster obviously everything about it the, the hand it just, grabbing yeah. her but then the sort of secondary image that becomes the kind of iconic image of ash with the chainsaw covered in blood oh sure sort of lunging yeah uh which is also good obviously it has the stephen king the most ferociously original horror film of the year the thing that makes him it. yeah the thing about evil dead 2 is that poster is
0: so good mm-hmm. but it's kind of us. well i guess we'll talk about it Later, but like, that's more one of those posters that's just like, what's a thing that would get people to rent it's this? It's such rather an than arresting image, it's rep- not in the movie, it's not representative of the movie, at right? right. There's this, but it looks like a heavy metal, you know, yes. band cover, you
1: know, right. it's just cool.
0: That was one of those things where, like, once I was getting into, oh, I need to see these Evil Dead movies, the realization of, like, wait, Evil Dead 2 is that poster, right? Because I just kind remember of the seeing already. that at yeah. video stores at probably an age where I couldn't read and being like, that's the scariest image I've ever seen. That and Dead Alive were like, those are the two skull boxes. That make me upset to walk past. A hundred percent. Anyway, he burns the book. They all
1: de- decompose. It's the coolest effect he, in the he movie. He thinks he's
0: safe. They play like serene, sort of like Snow Whitey. Birds are twerping. The, song, music.
1: the sun rises. Right. Ash goes outside, and there's one last the shot of we the camera. We forgot the fucking camera he from the opening f- of the movie. For, it's like it's he's now. Gonna get right.
0: You. It's also just perfectly bookended that way. You know. Yeah. Um, but right, it's that thing of this is going to chase him forever. I don't know if you felt this way watching the movie for the first time, but I was like, that's good. How the fuck does he become some guy saying groovy? I
1: know because I definitely knew again, that sort of empire magazine thing, like the whole legend around him with the chainsaw. The most badass movie hero. Like he's like snake Plissken. Like what is this? And you're like, he's right. He definitely has little of that here. Not that he's not cute and charismatic, No, but right. No catchphrasy stuff. That he is so
0: much more of like a final guy in this movie. And that, you know too, makes him this sort of, like, avenging that, angel. <laughs> that thing of being a young movie fan in the 90s, the late
1: 90s, where, right, you know the references yeah. before you see the movie. Yeah. So you see the chainsaw, and you're like, oh, okay. Right, right. I know he has a chainsaw. Gonna like, or hand. whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, right. You're watching this like a checklist, and much like watching Terminator for the first time, I'm like, okay, and now I get to watch the one that I know everything is, from. Wait, is he going to say Hasta of Vista, baby? Right, What's but then you on? rewatch. These first movies and you're like, oh, they rule! They're I just, incredible. I told yeah. Emma
1: Stefanski, friend of the show, I was like, I'm watching Evil Dead, and she's like, I should watch that. Well, I feel that way like once a week, you know. She's like, yeah. I always
0: feel like I should be watching that. You know why Emma Stefanski likes Evil Dead though? Why? Because it's about books. It's about books. Uh, it's got bugs in it. Too.
1: It's got it's got some bugs in it. Too. It's a very Emma movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, yeah. um <sighs> I throw it on again. Yeah, I truly. I, I mean, can't watch it with Forky around. Though. This is a
0: series oh, where sure. it's like the Boss Baby can't even. This well, is. A, I don't know what the Boss Baby would think. No, but, but Forky I, see, would not I tolerate say, it. If I had a child, Boss Baby age, uh, almost, almost one. She's almost one. That's right. Days away from her birthday right now. Yep. Um. I, I this would be a movie where I'd be like. I don't know if I want this in the background while the kid's in the room. Like, most things you are like, they're a kid. They don't understand. I'm just like, the imagery in this is so bizarre. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I get and 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 the noise. Yeah. The weird kind of cacophony of it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bad vibes. You talking about wanting to watch it again immediately. Yeah. I ended up focusing on just watching as many of the special features as I could this sure. morning instead. Right. But I had half a mind to like, the Blu-ray is the classic like four by 3 Mm-hmm. But then they also did a cropped release that yeah. was wider, and that's on the second disc. Sure. And I was like, "Do I rewatch this again in a different aspect ratio with the commentary on? Just because yeah. I want another bite at it, you know? You might just have. The... I might do it tonight. I might do it before Evil Dead Two. I'm just like, I'm in it. I'm in. I'm. I'm enjoying. This franchise again, and and rediscovering how much I fucking love it. I just, immediately upon starting this, I was like, "Oh, this movie's better than I remember it being and I forgot that I loved these. You have to finish China Girl. The thing's David, a fucking slog. David, I know, I know. We look. We put a lot into this week, and I also agreed to do two other podcasts this oh boy, what's week. The and there's a the the TV show. I don't want to say what it is. Okay. Spoilers! I'll mm. tell you all mm. mine. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yes, no. I'm I'm getting I'm I'm one into China Girl. I, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. bite them off. <laughs>
1: You you, so you've met Puss. Look, I mean, we've yeah. already talked about it. Uh, Look, we've already uh, talked but, about uh, it. But Jesus,
2: what a yeah. guy. Have you met Puss? Yeah, he fucking sucks.
1: <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Weird show. Um, Yes, no, I appreciate that you're into the evil. Maybe I'll watch S versus I'm definitely, like, with you in terms of, like, I do love the vibe. Like yeah. I, I do, I do just kind of want to be in this vibe.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm that was so one of those... looking
1: forward to seeing evil dead two again, which yes. is oh, I'm, uh, I'm, obviously I, a, a so huge excited. favorite. Right. But
0: uh, no, I, I watched the first season and I didn't keep up with it largely because it was one of those things where it's like, it's only streamable on stars or whatever. You know, I feel like it took a while to be watchable anywhere else. And I'm just so bad at keeping up with TV, but it was one of those things where when it premiered, I was like, this feels like one of those things we think we want until we watch it. Right, And then when I watched it, I was like, no, this is pretty good. And it's kind of a cool continuation of it. There's obviously just, and we'll talk about this more in future episodes, but like post Army of Darkness, there was such a thing for so long of like, do they come back and do a fourth one? Does Ash get put into something else like Freddy versus Jason versus Ash? Or do they remake it? And Uh, it was always this like ping pong going back and forth of like, evil dead can't stay dead forever. But what is it now? So
1: I've never seen the remake I have. Is it a remake or a sequel or like what's the vibe of it again? Weird. I mean, we're debating whether or not to do a bonus on it. Right. Is it one of those sort of like reboot slash continuation deals where
0: it can kind of function as both? Like it's sort of. I thought it was just
2: totally disconnected. I saw it too.
0: Yeah. I'd say it's sort of the latter. It look. It feels like it's very much its own thing. Yeah. And then they put, like, an egregious Bruce Campbell end credits thing in there. Oh, that that yeah. feels like they do it just for the sake of saying this movie doesn't negate the other And he goes, like, thing. groovy. Literally. Yeah, right. He, like, picks right, up right. a book, the camera tilts up, he says groovy. And it feels disconnected. And their whole thing was, like, we don't want the existence of this movie to preclude the possibility of bringing Ash back. And maybe we're working towards, like, these forces terrorizing this new group of people are the same forces that Ash has been fighting. It's not just a remake and he could team up with Jane Levy at some point. Right. Um, Well, there's look, I remember liking that movie less than most people. I think everyone had their knives up being like, why the fuck would they remake this? And then when it came out, people were kind of pleasantly surprised. People liked
1: how gross it was, right? right. It's
0: got really insane. Uh, it, is, makeup. it is
2: soaking wet. Right. And blood. like,
0: like Fede Alras is pretty solid. Uh yeah. Jane Levy's good. Like, There's a there's a good hook to it. Mm -hmm. There's like one really good plot hook to it where you're like, oh, that's enough of a reason to remake it. They're now doing another one, which is going to be on HBO Max this year. Yeah, they're doing Evil Dead Rise. Okay, that's like a high rise. It sounds sort of like they're doing The Raid, but with Evil Dead. So rather than it being a cabin in the woods, it now happens in a building. I don't don't feel about fucking no. But it's it's a weird like they do that. They thought they were building towards a sequel where they connect that movie to the universe of ash then they do the ash tv show sure it has three seasons then some more years pass and they're like we're gonna make another movie that's sort of more in the remake vein, where it's new people right without ash right
1: it's a weird franchise it is the thing with a bruce campbell and i love the man yeah you know I, this is not this is gonna sound mean so he he will show up and say groovy for you if you want him to. Absolutely, the man is not an, a hard sell on that stuff. So like, there's not that sort of sanctity around this franchise. No, yeah, no,
0: no. And I also think like the idea of looping Ash into a new generation thing is like, I think what they liked about the remake is like, we can go back to this just being nasty and visceral again. 100%. At this point, Bruce Campbell has to have his. He, tongue it's going to be lighthearted if he's involved. Right, right. right.
1: But what if there was, like, a movie where, like, he's kind of older, he's a little grizzled, and he's got kind of a distant look in his eye, but then people find him in the middle of the movie, or maybe in the last act, and they're like...
0: Were you, were you there in the okay. cabin? so the season... And they go back to the cabin, or no, what? what the, does, no, the thing I like about the first season of Ash versus Evil Dead is I remember it sort of parodying those tropes. That's good. That good. That's funny. Yeah,
1: okay. Right, yeah. I also just, I've never seen it, but I remember being told it's also super gory. Yeah. Like, you know, has a lot of fun with...
0: Yeah, but, but is it more in line with this where gory. it's like goofy gory. Yes, yeah. exactly. All right. Do you want to play? I have a few box office games because okay.
1: this movie's got such a weird release. David, I trust your judgment. Well, let's do first. You've never
0: given me a bad box office. <laughs> you haven't given me a There's bad no one yet. such thing. Uh, <laughs> that is true. The first one
1: is for its, I guess, the first time. I'm forgetting the premiere. That doesn't count. Sure. So it's like release in New York. So this okay. is like the 4th of February,
0: 1983. Wow. Well, almost Exactly. 39 years ago. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um I just passed it. Okay.
1: So let's do this one. Obviously, evil Dead is not on the it's it's making like a hundred grand, I think. Okay. You know, but uh yep. number one is a comedy. It's my mother's birthday. Okay. 1982 uh that has been out Wait for... is it eighty two or eighty
0: three?
1: Oh, sorry, the the this comedy came out December eighty two. Gotcha, gotcha. It's okay. an Oscar player. Uh-huh. It's a huge hit. Uh-huh.
0: Huh? Tootsie? It sure is. It sure is. It's Tootsie.
1: It's Tootsie. Huge. In its eighth week, it's me made a hundred million dollars domestically in
0: 1982. It, it was, number two. I think. I think it was at the time one of the ten highest grossing movies in history. Well, Domestic. You
1: always throw that at me, and I don't know. You I know. Box office Mojo used are... to make this
0: so fucking easy. Yeah, I know. To check.
1: I know. I know. Anyway. Bane in my existence. Uh, but it was, I think, the number two movie of '82. I don't Behind. know what. Uh, let's find out. Um, behind, um, of course, I um, oh, well, ET.
0: Oh, right, of course, yes. It right. was yes. It was second only to ET. Right. Uh, yeah, Tootsie was. But humongous. Tootsie,
1: it's a huge movie. We've joked about its sort of strange premise. Uh, you know, I've seen it once.
0: I, I, look, I I've seen a couple times. I feel like I rewatched it in the last couple of years because right whenever I talked about it on the show, being like the premise is funny. I feel like I always heard people being like, "No, Tootsie is one of the the diamond jewel you can't cuts. Can't come for Tootsie. It's the, the right? modern Lubich and whatever." And I watch it. and I'm like, I still think this is executed very well. I think it's a little overpraised. There, there are things that I think are phenomenal. Namely, uh, uh, Charles Strong's performance is incredible. The whole supporting you, you cast is man. incredible. Yep. Uh, obviously, Terry Gar and Lang and all of that. And, and Hoffman's like crazy good in it. I mean, it, his performance is a thing that sort of uh, transforms it. Right. Um, there's some great scenes in it, uh, great use of Murray. Uh, but it's like not one of the greatest comedies of all time for me, which I think for some people is seen as a sacrilegious state. Um Agree with that, by yeah, and large. I prefer Ashok Totsu. You prefer what? Ishtar to Tootsie. Sure. I know Tootsie's a better movie.
1: Sure, Tootsie functions maybe more regularly as <laughs> but, a film but, or whatever. But, you know,
0: at the end of the day, telling the truth it can be dangerous business. Yeah, it's true. Uh, some uh, popular don't go hand in hand. Number two at the box office. Also, Huffman week. makes zero movies between Tootsie and Ishtar. Good for him. I know we said this in that episode, but it is wild to consider. He, the man just
1: ate box offices for lunch Until he didn't uh, I don't yep. know what I'm trying to say The next movie is It's a new movie It is uh, new this week It okay. is A Or maybe it's not new this mm-hmm. week But it's re-entering the box office this okay. week It's your classic supernatural
0: horror film Starring Barbara Hershey Classic And Ron Silver Well I feel like we just talked about this In our Portrait of a Lady episode Hit maybe. No, I
1: can't remember what this- It's called The Entity Okay.
0: I don't think you were going to
1: get that. Nope, I wasn't. Uh, about a woman who claims she mm-hmm. was assaulted mm-hmm. by an invisible entity. It's based on a true story. Okay. Uh, this woman, you know, claimed this sort of paranormal thing happened to her. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. It's directed by Sidney J. Fury, who famously made The express Press File, which is a great movie. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know, know much more about it. Number three at the box office, it's a cop buddy comedy. Cop buddy comedy 1982. Yeah, yeah, it came out in eighty-two, December. Yeah,
0: uh, huge hit. It is Forty Eight Hours.
1: It sure
2: is. Yeah, you seen Forty Eight Hours? Hell yeah,
0: Walter Hill. Uh, I'm sure you saw this, David, uh, to mark when we're recording this podcast. But the last couple of days, a bit circling around Twitter, the Dan Chamberlain prompt about, like, what's your white whale of right, like. The, the unreleased or unrealized unre- right. project you wanted to I see. I think happen. a lot of people were turning it into unrealized. And what he was sort of prompting is, like, things that have been unreleased, that were made, and have never been There's also that, things right. that are in some vault somewhere. Yeah. Right. Such
1: as that, that Star Wars show that Connor is so obsessed with, the parody show.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. Star Wars Detours, yeah. I think it's been on shelf. Um, uh, uh, Aaron uh, Sangurai, who's a friend of the podcast as well, tweeted that his pick, I did not know about this, uh, Another 48 Hours was originally like two and a half hours long. Sure. And then Paramount was like, Walter Hill, fucking get over it, cut it down to two. Uh, No, 95. The working cut... David. Okay. David. It went from two and a half to two. Sure. And then the week before the movie came out, Mm -hmm. some other thing was a big-ass hit. And Paramount got really scared. Yeah, they cut thirty minutes the right. week they cut before it the down movie down to
1: ninety five.
0: Then, right yes. in a week, and apparently that's why the movie makes no sense. It's because of Total Recall. Yes, correct. Total Recall had like the biggest opening weekend of all time, and right. they were so stressed out by that that they were like, "This thing we have to get in multiple showings a day, right, just to make money." So yeah. there's thirty minutes cut wantonly in like what you have to imagine is forty eight hours. Truly. If there was time to get new prints made, right, it's not like right. they could just upload a new cat's cut. Mhm. Yeah, but the boys were back in town. You can't deny that. It's just what well, the supporting cast of that movie is like, I have zero lines in the Apparently, film and I was the no third one lead says 48 hours yes. in the final cut never of established like they cut that out. The quality, <laughs> which was written into the movie Like all these things. I'm uh, fascinated by that but, but the original 48 hours, fucks.
1: It is. It's a a movie that you couldn't make now Like when you watch it, but it is so good. Uh, It's a classic Walter Hill. But it makes me wonder, did they make it a second time
0: and we've just never seen it? Possibly. Walter Hill's a good director. He He directed
1: both. Number four at the box office this week was the Best Picture winner of 1982. Uh, B.C.T. Gandhi. Gandhi. Um, Crushing it. Yeah. Uh, And number five is a fucking phenomenal fucking movie that I love so much from one of your favorite directors. Hmm. It's my favorite performance from this actor. Hmm. It's just the kind of movie I can eat all day.
0: Uh, Is it a Lumet? David's nodding solemnly. Sure is. Uh, It's not... uh... It's a showcase for an actor. One of the greats. It's Jesus Christ! Why am I blanking on it? It's it's the Paul Newman movie. It is, and it is called the Verdict. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I kept on. My mind was going to accused. Yeah, well, and the client. Yeah, right. Yes, the I'm Verdict is a a fucking names. great movie. Incredible
1: movie. Incredible performance. The Verdict. But let's move along. Okay. As well, just to this, uh, to the other, to the wider weekend. Mm-hmm. Just because this is a weird
0: one. Sure. And because there are two... So this is the uh, 15th of April, 1983. I'm just... The people are on the fucking Blank Check subreddit are going to be doing the Vince McMahon meme with no guest, two box (laughs) office games. Two box office games. Well, one thing I want to note about this box office game... Ben does bit pretending like thing from movie is actually happening during record. Sorry, go on. Is that Tootsie and Gandhi are still in the top five. Top five.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now in their 18th and 19th weeks. So, they're Best hanging around. Best Picture
0: used to be a kingmaker. Absolutely. Um, if you were already a hit, you became a mega hit. People you get a hit, to you. If you were a hit, you became a blockbuster. You get to play right. for
1: six more months and people six will get Six more months. Yeah, but number one, okay. it's a western mm. and it stars an action star, a junky action star of the 80s. Hmm.
0: I don't think you'll know this movie. Is it a Chuck Norris? It is. Okay. Is it called... <laughs> Too hot to handle. It's called Lone Wolf McQuaid. I do know that title. I'm actually embarrassed I didn't get it. David
1: Carradine. Yeah, I know. I mean, co-star. I know it as like a reference. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Same. Yeah. Uh, you've Lone also got uh, Robert Beltran. Mm. You've got William mm. Sanderson. Okay. I don't know. Kane Hodder apparently plays a goon in this movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lone Wolf McQuaid, baby. Lone Wolf McQuaid, baby. JJ McQuaid is a former Marine and Texan Ranger who prefers to work alone. And carries a forty-four Magnum revolver. Wow. Okay. He lives in an old, rundown house in the middle of nowhere with a pet wolf. Get the fuck out of here! This movie sounds stupid. Um, I'm reading this
0: cold. Well, no, I think Ben There's sounds... a lot of good ideas here. There's are some interesting good. stuff. There's some interesting elements to play. Yeah. Pet wolf.
1: Yeah. It no. Just, it just I... feels like Norris is like I should have pet
0: wolf in the next one. They're like, well, wolves aren't really. Okay. You know what? Fine. We'll we'll get a wolf. Yeah, sure. Well, I got Chuck Norris back for you. Uh-huh. Some people have dogs for pets, Chuck Norris as a wolf, or Exactly. Isn't now, that funny? Isn't that random? Number 2 at this wider
1: release. Isn't that random is a surprise smash hit, I would say. Okay. Um from a mm-hmm. From a director who I would argue for, but is kind of one of those directors with a mixed reputation. He's actually got a movie coming out this year. Really? He does um is it an adrian line it's an adrian line film be. is it flash dance it's flash dance yeah, it had to be which i think is sort of the like when this you know like comes Junkie. out critics are like this is trash right obviously jennifer beals is not a star like right and it burns up it's a it's a sensation the yes. soundtrack sells a billion copies yes. like
0: everyone's got to see it right right yeah i know i think critics had to stand of like this is what people are paying to go see right. and was, then and then he weirdly kind of becomes a critics favorite director i guess it takes a while um, but people were sort of like he's the best at this sort of elevated junk
1: uh absolutely
0: um and then
1: number five number uh, so tootsie gandhi number five okay. of the
0: box office teen drama teen drama is it talk to me no is what's the movie that? called listen to me no That's like Roy Scheider And C. Thomas Howell And like five teen actors I don't know I was just trying to think No this serious is Serious movie starring teens I think it's called Listen to Me
1: This is from one of the Greatest directors In the history of Oh cinema. it's
0: Outsiders It's the Outsiders Okay uh, Matt Dillon
1: Tom Cruise Patrick Swayze Rob Lowe Diane Lane Emilio Estevez C. Thomas
2: Howell I'm a Rumblefish guy myself. Oh, you're a Rumble. I
0: mean, Ben, yes. I
1: love Rumblefish. I loved all those books when I was a kid. I don't know about you. I read all those S.E. Hinton books. I didn't. I didn't. I just saw the movie. Yeah, they were great. I read
2: them as well, David.
1: Uh, don't know why I, they literally couldn't have been less about my experience as a teen kid. I was like, yeah. well, I'm not some youth with like a grease,
0: you know, and like yeah. a comb
1: in my pocket who's always getting in rumbles or whatever. But but
0: isn't that the story? I mean, that was like the first of the movies that Coppola was like recutting, or I guess after American uh, Apocalypse Redux, right? Uh-huh. Right. But uh, that his granddaughter was in school and she was being assigned uh, outsiders. Right. Like decades right. later, it was still the perennial. And she was like, Grandpa, why aren't all these things from the book in the movie? Like, all my friends are trying to watch the movie so they don't have to read the book and sure. it's missing things. And right. so then he recut it and was like, I put everything back in. It's the whole novel. Stay cool, Soda Pop. Outsider's the complete novel. Um, stay Golden Pony Boy. Stay Golden Pony Boy, all that. Yeah.
1: So that's those are two top fives for you. Wow. That's that's what the industry looks like back sure then. Sure is a
0: time. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. That's uh Wait a second. That's the news. What's up? I'm seeing something weird in the blank check Reddit here. People are reacting to the announcement of our next miniseries, Late Rob Reiner. (laughs) Only the 2010s. (laughs) Ben, is there any chance that tape you played didn't just announce a miniseries, it announced a cursed miniseries?
2: Oh, shit. What have I unleashed upon us? You have to chop
0: it up. Apparently, we've already released the episode on Story of Us. It's out there with guest Alex Jones? Oh, no. No, come on now. Delete, it. We have to delete this from the feed. All right.
2: All right. I'm going to chop up this tape machine. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. great. Good job, guys. Great sound effects. Cool, I just different. felt like I had to bring it back. You know? No, it was it's, very it's, good. Narrative closure. You'd
1: All right. check Chekhov's gone. We're done. Take yeah. us out, Griffin. Uh, next week, Crime Wave. Next week,
0: Crime Wave. <laughs> next week, Crime Wave. <laughs> next week, Crime Wave. A movie I've never seen. Uh, me neither. No, yeah. Never had excited, any reason to see excited it. Excited to watch. It, look, here's the thing. It, it was a blessing in disguise that um, uh, Dr. Strange got pushed back and that the campaign fever was high and it felt like a good time to flip that order uh cuz i think people were worried about the sameness of like if we go from Carpenter to Raimi but man Raimi's career has a career Raimi's career has some weird uh, zags to it uh
1: sure does uh it's an interesting trajectory and that's why i was kind of asking the Spider-Man guarantor question cuz it's sort of like i feel like he's almost on a downswing when he gets Spider-Man and like you know I, I, anyway we'll talk I, about it yeah,
0: yeah i agree yeah, we'll ta- right. will we'll,
1: but it's we'll a, but talk. he's also the guy who did the Evil Dead movies forever Which is why people are always going to roll the dice with him. It's an
0: interesting situation, and we'll get to it in this episode, but he has said he found out that he had been hired to direct Spider-Man by reading it in Variety, and no one had called him to tell him, and he was surprised. Okay, well, that's interesting. That he felt like, I'm the guy they're interviewing to make the nerds happy. Sure. And then they will hire Rennie Harlan or whoever. Right, right. And then he opened up one day, and he was like, I am? Well...
1: He was a good hire.
0: He was great. Even hire. though that
1: movie is, is what it is. But it's special and it's important.
0: We're excited to talk about yep. them. And we're excited to swing into Ramey. Yeah. Podcast me to hell, baby. Thank you all for listening. Yep. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and many other things, including recently constructing our website, A thing that we should have had a long time ago. Uh, But uh, Marie uh, uh, took on the lion's share of the work and brought that to the finish line. And at the time you're listening to this, March Madness is raging. So you can only go to that website for links to episodes. That's true. uh, Spatula should hopefully be in stock by now. I'm sorry there's been a slight delay on them. But also every single day on blankcheckpod.com, that's www.blankcheckpod.com, there's a new poll for March Madness because that shouldn't happen on Twitter anymore uh thank you to JJ Birch and uh Nick Laureano for our research and especially for abounding today's research in human flesh thank you to Lynn Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song which today was provided on a real to reel recorder thank you to Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds who did our artwork scribbled uh on a pen ripping through paper while possessed um I can't believe I came up with one that applied to all of them. Um, Oh, AJ McKinnon, Alex Barron for our our editing that was also done on the reel-to-reel recorder. I'm sorry, I had to reuse one. Um, Tune in next week for Crime Wave. Go to patreon.com slash blank check for blank check special features where we go through commentaries and right now we're going back to the Matrix. Yes.
2: The website was supposed to make this um, shorter.
0: It did. I know you don't think it did, but it did. Okay. I really think it did. Good. And as always, I just want to stumble one last time for Potmega Podcast. David's making a stinky poo poo fit.